Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own BroBasket or choose from a variety of different BroBaskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, BroBaskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-assed sports fans giving their half-assed opinions. And now, here are your hosts. All right, welcome to Sporty number 59. I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I am the Iceman. Hey, you're getting us a little early this week. Uh, I'm on the road for work, and yeah, after today I won't be able to podcast for like nine days, but that's okay. But we're giving it to you early this week, all right? Uh, but uh, whew, number, 50, number 59, who we got? Yeah. Whitehead. Uh, Lucky Whitehead? Tyre Whitehead. Oh, oh, I was thinking, you know, if, so, if we're talking NFL, Jack Ham. Well, definitely Jack Ham, but Tyre Whitehead's a lion. I mean, well, you can go... Uh, if you, if you want to go home team, Todd Jones, the roller coaster. Oh, there you go. Everybody's going to know Luke Keekley. Yeah. The Panthers. We didn't. <laughs> well, I guess we did. And uh, let's see. I'm trying to think who else were. I want to say uh, Ugi Urbina wore fucking 59 at one point. The murderer? Didn't yeah. he, like, set a guy on fire? Yeah. And I think he hacked up another guy with a machete or someone in his crew did. It was... Some crazy shit. Yeah, that that was pretty much that pretty much stands as <clears throat> Dombrowski's best one for one trade in his entire time with the Tigers. Urbina for Polanco. I can't even tell you the fucking the 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 first day Polanco played was uh, June tenth, two thousand five, because he hit a fucking walk off to win the game. So yeah, we got rid of a fucking psychopath for a guy who actually, you know, was the MVP of the ALCS in 2006. And yeah, hey, you give us a serviceable second baseman, we will give you a murderer. Yeah, big time. 
Yeah, you give us a second baseman that not only yeah is good in the field, but is probably for that stretch, if not the best, had to be in the top three, four of contact hitters. I mean, he was the best number two hitter in the league for a couple years stretch there. If you got your if you got your leadoff guy on base, he was getting over one way or the other with Polanco batting behind him. I mean, here you take this Wikipedia entry. That's what he turned into. You take this answer to a trivia question. (laughs) Yeah. He was the murderer we got in a trade from the Tigers. But, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Not a lot's really happened in baseball since we last left. There's nothing but a lot of rumors flying around. Um, But uh, a couple couple developments in the NBA. And uh, one that, uh, well... Yeah, if you listen to this program, obviously we're not uh, not exactly LeBron fans, but hey, at least we're, we're at least we're not like Kylie Irving or Kyrie Irving talking about he doesn't want to play with him anymore, wants to go to a team with a a bigger role. Huh? I mean, he he, he watched this draft too too many times. I think he wants to go somewhere and he wants to be somebody. Is this like well, with somebody leaves Saturday Night Live to go be in movies? Pay, yeah, this is uh, oh, who's that fucking redhead who left uh, NYPD Blue to go be a movie star and didn't do shit? Oh, David, David uh, Caruso. Caruso. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I know he's on like NCIS or something like that, a cop show. <laughs> he was on CSI, but hey, yeah. give him his due. He was in Rambo: First Blood, yo. Yeah, he was one of the cops that got killed. I forgot about that. Looking young as fuck. But yeah. The, um. Yeah, apparently a report has come out claiming that uh, Irving went so far as to say he's irritated playing Robin to Batman's or to LeBron's Batman. So, like, did he not think that was going to happen? Though, <clears throat> I mean, you you knew who LeBron was when you got signed. You didn't think you this was going to go down. I mean, you weren't you you weren't ready for this, or is it, or is he just get- tired of it? Didn't he get drafted by Cleveland after LeBron had left? Because if I remember correctly, wasn't there a kid that said, are you going to leave us like LeBron did? And he said, never. When I say kid, I mean like a 10-year-old kid. Like, asked him that question. I don't remember that, but damn, good move, little kid. You know, I mean. as a power move from a 10-year-old. I I guess. I mean, (laughs) drunks and children speak the truth, according to some people. So I mean, if that's if that's the case, enjoy enjoy eating those fucking words. I mean, but didn't uh, didn't what? Oh shit, brain fart on my part. What's his face who just went to Golden State last season and won his first championship? Durant. Thank you. Didn't he say that he didn't want to be part of a super team a few seasons before he was part of a super team that won a championship? Yeah. People's minds will change real quick when they start aging. But I mean, Irving's got what? He's got he's got one. Is this where he goes to Boston? I, dude, listening to uh, Bomani Jones and ESPN Radio uh, while at work, I, everything I'm hearing is seems like most of the t- most of the talking heads are thinking he, his ass is going uh, to New York and Melo's coming to fucking Cleveland. Ugh, the Knicks. Come on. Well, I mean, I guess he'll. He'll he'll get his wish with the Knicks. 
He'll definitely play the lead role there. I mean, yeah, and a long line of guys that couldn't get the job done. Starberry, Mello, uh, Ewing. Derrick Rose. Exactly. And, you know, the well, Knicks are almost not, not quite as long, but the Knicks are almost becoming like the Lions of the NBA. You know, that's where your career starts or that's where careers go to die. Yikes. I mean, I, you know, earth is flat to him, so should be a nice, nice short car ride from him from Cleveland <laughs> to New York. Yeah, SI, that SI picture of the flat earth with the question, where, where, where does Kyrie end up? I, I, I love that. I love that SI has the balls to, like, basically throw it out there where Sports Center tries to play it super fucking safe. Like, and we're not just talking like politically correct, but like try to keep, try to keep it just fucking straight down the middle and ignore like the fact that, yeah, this guy's a fucking idiot. Sorry. Actually not sorry. I, Earth is flat. That's my opinion. No, it's not an opinion. You're a fucking idiot. That's what that, that's a fact. Sorry. Kyrie is proof that some people will just never be happy. Period. No matter what. I mean, most people would just be ecstatic and, you know, their life would be set just to be in the NBA. And then he got to play with the greatest player of, of the modern era. Then he got a championship. He's a multimillionaire. But now he's not happy because he's not somebody that's, like, seen as big time, even though he was just as important to the championship as LeBron. And what team's going to want that attitude? Like, this guy literally said he wants to leave because he – Wants more of the spotlight. Who? I mean, what, way to make your way to sell yourself as a team player. Well, I mean, if if he wants the spotlight, there's no better place in America to get the spotlight than New York. So go to New York City, and we're going to see real quickly, probably after one season, maybe even less, whether he's going to fucking take the spotlight or he's going to wilt in the spotlight. Because better players than him with bigger egos than him have fucking just fizzled the fuck out once they got in that spotlight in New York. <laughs> He'll end up in L.A. with LeBron in two years. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, dog. Sorry, man. I didn't mean all that. Let's win a championship. I left I you know. and my career nosedived. Please, let me smash. <laughs> but how dysfunctional is Cleveland right now? I mean, y y you got one of their stars talking about he doesn't want to play with their other stars in public, making statements about it. Uh, LeBron talking about he wasn't down with how they got rid of the, the, the GM. I mean, it's... You still have no GM in Cleveland. Yeah. Chauncey turned him down. Yeah, because he thought he's getting lowballed. He probably was. They were probably going, oh, hey, yeah, you'd be a rookie GM, but you'd get your foot in the door. And he's like, I don't need it that bad later. That's too much headache for not enough fucking cheddar. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but I got to work six months out of a year in a cushy TV job. I'm cool. My NBA pension kicks in in a few years. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he doesn't have to babysit 20 and 30-year-old adolescents. I already got my championship way before you guys did. I made my money. Thank you. So yeah, the soap opera continues in Cleveland. Doesn't even doesn't even have to be any basketball going on. I mean, yeah, uh, but see, 
I just when I heard it though, seriously, I can't think of what goes through Kyrie's head. Three three years, three of the past years, you've been in the NBA Finals. You won it once. What the fuck is the problem? Hey, maybe it's Brom Bron. Everything of that drama seems to follow that man. No, I I maybe. could definitely see that. Remember, I told you it's not cool. Maybe to he was call a giant dick this year. Out. Maybe Irving had enough. Maybe he maybe he had enough maybe he had enough of LeBron running the franchise in a sense. Well, I mean to be fair, if I don't let LeBron off with all the shit he did, I'm not gonna let Kyrie off with this, but I mean you you have a great point. It could definitely be James. You know, you call out your teammates enough, yeah, they're gonna get sick of that shit. Like I just said, you've been in the fucking championship the past three years. And you got LeBron screaming for help. Now you got Kyrie screaming, I want to be somebody. Oh, my God. Seriously? And Kevin Love ain't good enough? We got to get something else? Stop. Just stop. It could be worse. They could be the Chicago Bears. All right. (laughs) Point guard by committee. (laughs) At least there's a championship within the last few years in Cleveland. I, you know, I to me this just reeks of you don't know. He, you know <sighs> I'm trying to think of how to put this. Well, fuck it, I'll just say it. You got a lot of guys in the NBA that just don't know their fucking role and know how to stay in their lane. All right, everybody, everybody fucking grew up watching Jordan and thinks they're the next Jordan. No one wants to be Scottie Pippen. What everybody forgets is that Scottie Pippen won as many championships as Michael Jordan. Sure did. All right. And even if Scottie Pippen was fucking Michael Jordan's fallout, he was still pulling top shelf ass. So shut the fuck up. Enjoy yes. life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, I get, is he, here's the bottom line. Is he good enough to be the fucking, the, the, the centerpiece of a championship team? I mean, according Irving. to James, yes. I mean, according to James himself, by him constantly asking for help over the last couple of years, he doesn't even think he's good enough to be the centerpiece of a championship team. And by centerpiece, I mean the 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 straw that stirs the drink. Bulls didn't win shit when Jordan retired. Jordan unretires, they start winning again. If James isn't that guy, what, what the fuck makes Irvin think he's that guy? That's a good question. Ego? Only, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, no, I won't do it. All right? We beat on the millennial generation enough, but... It, it smacks of that attitude. I, I want to say, see, I was going to say that when I was talking about some people will never be happy, but I think that's across generations. Any, anybody, old people, young people, middle-aged, some people just will never be happy. I don't, to me, that's like, it, I'm, I'm agreeing with Rich here about knowing your role and staying in your lane. It's like being in a band and all of a sudden going like, I don't want to be the guitar player anymore. I want to be the singer. Like, well, I want to be the front man. Good luck. Then I want a lot of you, things. Then you know what you do in that, in that situation? You don't piss all over your moneymaker. You go make yourself a solo fucking record. You do a little club tour. And the when, when the band's having downtime, then you come back and you make your fucking, your real money with the band that, that, that puts food on the table in your multi-million dollar mansion. And you go buy yourself a nice little fucking like Lamborghini with the money you made off your little soul album playing, you know, 600 seat venues or some shit. I mean, so I, 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 I don't know. I don't know, man. There's, there's just, like I said, it just, this is another reason I have, I have such a hard time getting into the NBA in the last 15 years. I mean, granted, egos have always been out of control in the NBA. You've always had fucking people who just 
thought they were, that they were just hot, hotter shit than they were ever capable of being, let alone are. But it just seems like the inmates are running the asylum at this point. You got players just going, I, I want to be traded. You got players by, bypassing the GMs and the, and the process that's, and, and the system that's been put in place by calling each other and recruiting players to their team and then going to their team and saying, hey, look what I did. Which, I mean, look, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing. If you have a GM who's comfortable with that, that's fine. But if you get a GM whose whose ego can't take that hit, like what the fuck are you doing? You don't. You're excuse me. I'm sorry. You president of operations in this fucking team? No, you're not. Put your fucking phone down. Go out there and fucking go shoot some free throws. I got this. You know, it's going to be an issue. And I maybe maybe this maybe this is the future of the NBA. Maybe it is. Maybe it's just general managers become like baseball managers. They just, I, I mean, the, the perfect thing is to call them a manager. They manage the game. So maybe general managers just manage the teams. They just work out the numbers. They make sure they're under the cap. They let players go and recruit other players to, hey, come come to this team. Or, hey, you know, would you accept a trade? You know, how about a trade and sign? Let's do a three-way trade with this team. I mean, fuck it. But to me, it just, it, it just, it comes off like there is, and once again, I'm, I'm struggling to find, a, to, to find a proper analogy, but I mean, I guess it's like in Hollywood, you know, in Hollywood, if you get offered a role that has to go through your people, if you start bypassing your people, that becomes an issue because then the people that you're working for, your agent, your manager, whatever the fuck, is going to be like, oh, so you think you're a fucking, you're so fucking smart? Fine. You do everything on your fucking own. I got other clients I got to worry about that I'm out here fucking eating shit for, trying to get fucking jobs, trying to get Academy Awards, trying to get the biggest payday I can for them. I, I, that's just what it seems like to me. It seems like what's going to start happening is there's going to have to be a backlash or there's going to have to be a serious denutting of a lot of GMs in the NBA. Like, just, here, put your balls on the table. Snip. Okay, go away. Well, LeBron I, you know, said uh, he's, I, he's not going to waive his no-trade clause. Well, that doesn't do anything. That just means he's going to stay there the year that he signed. What's that? I said, that's not going to do anything. That means nothing that he's not going to waive it. He's just going to stay there. Well, he's already signed for one more year. He felt the need to make the statement. Do I know why? No. But he did. <laughs> but shall we move on to other things? Well, real Do you have another there. point to make there, Iceman? The only point I have is to follow up what Rich said about the GMs. The only reason I keep talking about the Bulls is because that's my gold standard. Made that. Everybody compares them, you know, LeBron to Jordan. So whatever. I'll go with it. When moves were made in Chicago, it was through the GM. Again, you never heard Jordan come out and say, I need help, you know, or so-and-so's not good enough. However, through the course of every championship, you went through so many different players, it was unreal. Horace Grant became Dennis Rodman. B.J. Armstrong, came Paxton, came Kerr, Bill Cartwright got the axe. All of these interchangings, yes, there was Pippen and Jordan, but everything else changed around them. And you never heard about it. 
all you heard was, this is the new bull. And everybody was just like, oh, that's the new bull. Okay. Still got Jordan. And, you, and that was because of the GMs. Now, that happened in every team. Charles Barkley changing teams, all of it. Nowadays, with social media, everything is out there. I'm not good enough. He's not good enough. I want to be somebody. I'm not going anywhere. Well, I am. But I'm only going to this team or this team. Otherwise, I'm not waving my trade clause, and then you lose me to free agency anyway. That I, I just I, I don't see how that people are getting away with that shit these days. I know this this is gonna make me sound like you know Clint Eastwood and Gran Turismo get off my lawn type shit, but I really do honestly think social media is one of the worst things to happen to professional athletes in a long time. And the reason I say that is because it's not like, okay, a Facebook page, they can have, excuse me, they can have a team manage their Facebook page or someone on their team, excuse me, manage their Facebook page. Twitter, Twitter seems to be where people who want to post every single tiny little fucking thought that pops into the fucking head, that's where they go. And like you were saying, Earl, there's just, why the fuck we know as much as we know about what goes on in the fucking clubhouses, it's not due to beat reporters who are reporting this shit. Even though, believe me, if a juicy story pops up, it's gonna it, it's gonna have to be a throwback of a fucking beat reporter to not jump in, or excuse me, jump on that fucking story and post it and 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 you know write one and post it. But we know what's going on because the players themselves are fucking doing this shit. And they're already... this type, The type of personality you have to have to be a professional athlete lends itself to... to there's a lot of narcissists in that, in that fucking field. I mean, we've discussed it before to a certain extent. You have to believe that you are in fucking... And invulnerable when you're on the field. Especially games like, you know, football... Hockey, you know, high contact, high injury sports. Until you are fucking on the ground or on the ice, knocked the fuck out, unable to walk, you have to believe that you are invulnerable. And that that, that type of, like, belief, it doesn't lend well to social media because these guys don't stop and think, well, maybe I shouldn't post this shit. You know, I mean, how many times have we heard stories about guys, especially in the NBA, post something and then... The minute the backlash starts, the damage control starts. I was hacked. That's not what I meant. People are inferring something that I wasn't trying to... You know, look, you're a fucking professional athlete, and you post something cryptic about a teammate. They could be taken as as your fucking... As as the kids say, you know, throwing shade or whatever the fuck. What do you expect? How do you expect people to take it? Or maybe you're Draymond Green, and you send out your dick. And claim to be hacked. Yeah, that was hacked. Someone took a picture of a huge dick, sent it out from my phone. I was hacked. Yeah, and I mean, I can't remember. Did he try to claim that wasn't his dick? Because that would be even more hilarious if he's running around with pictures of taut, over-circumcised cocks in his phone that's not his. I believe he originally did and then retracted. So you just run around with pictures of black cock in your fucking phone. Oh, yeah. He's a black guy. 
Well, I'm glad that the NBA finally has an it's openly also, gay player. Let's see, that's it's not, half the puzzle. His. Well, what I'm saying is that's not his. I mean, you, you go on my phone, you might find nudes, but they ain't going to be of me, and there definitely ain't going to be no dick pics that ain't of my dick. Why the fuck would I be carrying those around? Oh, yeah. Well, no, like I said, he, he copped to it, I think, like a... He he tried to say he was hacked for like a day and then went, no, nah, yeah, that was mine, sorry. You're saying you didn't save my pick, Rich? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm saying I have Metro PCS and I never received your pick. <laughs> so I guess that's a good thing. I, At least just in this case. Real, I, I just, I don't, social media sucks for sports, but at the same time, uh, you know, we always talk about the old guard when it comes to players and, and how they play and, and act and whatnot. What about the management, the managers, the, the general managers, the owners, you know, Fedorov, you know, whether he was happy, not happy, whether he was a bitch or a tough guy, it didn't matter because nobody heard shit about Fedorov. In any interview he gave, if he got out of line even a little bit, he got straightened right the hell up. It, oh, nowadays, Scotty, you, don't, you don't see that shit. No, and that's also a cultural difference. Is that? And I mean, I'm not saying, when I say cultural difference, I'm not saying that there's not personalities in the and I, <clears throat> excuse me, NHL that would tell a head coach, no matter who that head coach is, to go fuck themselves or going to do what they want to do. But, I mean, we're talking, okay, how many professional hockey players have you ever heard of choking their own fucking coach? But it's happened more than a few times in the NBA and, and college basketball. Like, you can't, I'm sorry. There's, and, and, and control is not the right word, but I just can't think of the proper word. I, reel in, I guess. I don't know. Uh, uh, get these. You can't control players who, with, I mean, the minute they have a thought, can whip out their fucking phone, draw a fucking, you know, stupid little pattern on it, unlock it, hit the Twitter app, and boom, their thoughts are now instantly fucking posted for the entire world to read. It's a, it's a, it's, it's just a different time than it was even 20 years ago. I remember clear as day when I. When the Red Wings got swept by the Devils in 95, it was during that sweep, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, one of the rep local reporters asked Steve Eiserman a question about the team and is it possibly, you know, fuck, I can't remember exactly. Basically, it was, he asked Steve Eiserman a question and Scotty Bowman come hauling ass around the corner and went the fuck off on that reporter and basically took the heat off of Eisman and put it on him. Nowadays, if I'm a manager, if I'm a manager of a, if, or if I'm the coach of an NBA team, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that because the minute I do that, it's going to turn into, you're going to have, you're going to have a certain segment of people go, especially if they, that, that coach is white. There you go. Got to keep them field Negroes in line. Masses, masses making sure that the plantation's running smooth. And even if it's a black coach and it doesn't turn into a racial thing, it turns into a, what's he, a little child? He a little boy. You can, you ain't respecting him. He a grown man. He a grown ass man, dog. He can speak for himself. It's a lose lose proposition, man. You cannot win. You cannot win. And the NBA is just fucking on fire with nonsense with this shit. I mean, I can. Can you think of another sport that's had an off season where players are are just are the ones running free agency as much as it's been this last year in fucking the NBA? NFL. Ooh. No, because they don't make calls like that. Except, well, no, they do. One, oh, say there, yeah, one guy. 
He used to play for San Francisco. Was recently told he needed a haircut by Michael Vick. But other than that, one exception in the NFL. East mode. Well, I East mode. I retire. I quit. I ain't playing for shit. Well, I'll play for Oakland, but that's it. I'll come back. If I, you're going to trade me to Oakland? Okay. If you're trading me to Oakland, I'm coming back. But those are isolated incidents. I mean, we're not talking that every fucking day. It, that's an exaggeration. At least once a week, I'm hearing this player wants out of the their, this team, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a fuck what you want? You signed a contract, man. And believe me, I'm not one to sit here and say they signed a contract so they have no recourse but to play for their team. You don't want to honor the contract. No call, no show. Sit your ass out. You won't get paid, but eventually you will be released, and you will have your freedom. But you're taking a very calculated risk because now other teams are looking at you going, now what happens if we sign this dipshit and a season or two down the road he gets fucking a wild hair up his ass and he decides to pull this with us. But that's what... With everything comes risk, and I don't really think these guys have anyone around them are sitting or sitting them down. I don't think anyone sat Kyrie Irving down in his inner circle and said, "Dude, you look like a giant fucking douchebag right now." All right, you, you, you know ha- what? You though? Ha- I think I think even if they did though, Rich, even if they have these people that come and and try to bring them to earth, it's just a different time. They're going to be like. I ain't calming down. Fuck that. LeBron gets well, to say and do whatever he wants, and I, I have to sit here and be the good nigga? Uh-uh. No. Well, at that point, then what you have to fucking do, or not have to do, but what you should do, if that's how if that's how a player like Irvin feels, dismantle your team. And when I say team, I'm talking to people around him because you obviously don't need them. You can do everything on your own because that is why you have a team around you when you, when you reach the level of celebrity and money that these guys are at if you don't have people that you can trust that can that can sit you down and tell you when you're acting a fool and you can take that criticism then what the fuck are they there for a paycheck so they're doing you no good i mean that's that's one of the things i've never understood about people who who come from nothing and then get celebrity and money and what didn't want to surround themselves with yes men well yes men most likely weren't there when there was no celebrity and money I want the motherfuckers that were there when there was nothing. I want the ones who were going, I don't give a fuck how big of a fucking star you are. I remember when you ate that nasty-ass Sylvia's fucking pussy. Nasty motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I want the dudes who are going to fucking break it down and be like, dude, you're being a fucking asshole. And even if even if it comes to fucking fist between me and that guy, I know that motherfucker's not saying it out of jealousy or, you know, some some twisted fucking reason. He's saying it because he's been saying that shit to me since I've met him when I was nothing, when I was nobody. When I was Kyrie Irving, born in Australia, but somehow still thinks the world's flat. I mean, that's what... It, I don't know. Maybe I don't understand it because I've never been at that level. But and, and this isn't necessarily about Kyrie Irving. It's just... It's it's crazy, man, with, with athletes these days. I, I just... I, Everybody's got, everybody's got something to say about everybody else, and they better take it. But when someone says something about them, you're a hater. And Stop a racist. Hating. Or what, yeah, whatever the fuck they can paint you as. I mean, it, it doesn't even fucking matter. It's just whatever word they can try to throw out there to try to shut you up. And the problem you know, is, is that the more and more, the more and more bullshit terms get thrown around, more and more terms get thrown around in bullshit situations the less and less power those those words actually have you know it's the whole it's the whole sky is falling crying wolf did 
don't they teach these fucking parables in school anymore? The boy who cried wolf, you know, chicken little whole point was don't run around saying that, you know, Oh, woe is me. Everything's fucking horrible. We're all going to be fucked all the time because when you do need someone to respond to it, they're going to go, whatever. This motherfucker's just crying wolf. Like he always does. I don't, to me, it seems like a lot of Napoleon syndrome. Even if they're fucking six, seven, it doesn't matter. They just feel small. And for whatever reason, they need to make themselves feel big. So they'll announce whatever on social media or to the press. LeBron James, biggest all-star, biggest star in basketball right now. Biggest, you think NBA, you think LeBron James. Still has that Napoleon syndrome. All of a sudden, Phil says, you're not staying over at Cleveland. You're not hanging with your posse. And he's got to make it and blow it out to be a woe is me and he's a racist and... I'm the man, and it doesn't matter who it is or what the situation is. It just seems like these guys, for whatever reason, need to be bigger than they are, even if they're the biggest freaking athlete out. Well, maybe this really? is an ex- Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I said, I really can't argue with anything both of you just said, quite honestly. Maybe this is an extension of the whole... Okay, <clears throat> let's back up for a second here. When did the Kardashians and this whole reality show, not reality game show, not not real world, but like everybody having a reality show. When did this shit start? Like what? Early mid 2000s? Well, the Kardashians came to be because of their dad representing OJ. Yeah, but they weren't the Kardashians until they had their fucking reality show. That's what I'm getting at. When did this shit start? Not until Ray J put it in Kim's butt. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it's it's definitely, I think, a phenomenon of, like, the last decade. Yeah. I mean, it's... And, and the reason I bring that up is because it's like being an NBA star, being a celebrity athlete, having money, having, you know, the ability to basically, within reason, do what you want. And, depending on how good you are, sometimes, over, you know, step over the line of reason and still do what you want and get away with it isn't good enough it's like everybody's auditioning for a reality show and it's it's just it's it's turned into it's turned into just ridiculous i mean i heard someone try to blame it on on espn well espn turned into you know in sports center the 24-hour news cycle they got to constantly have new stories new stories new stories espn's been around since what the late 70s yeah Okay, there was, what, two decades that went by before this shit started, even started up, that ESPN had been around? And that's that's putting a very early date on the whole celebrities being a celebrity because they're a celebrity. Famous for being famous type shit. You know, I mean, we, think about it. Guys, we, are, we now live in a world where there's shows called Basketball Wives, and these fucking dumb cunts that are on this fucking show, half of them weren't even married to the fucking players that, that, that they're supposedly a basketball wife of they just fucked them and dated them for a little bit and it's good enough to get your own reality show what the fuck did you do you sucked the dick and spent his money why the fuck do you deserve to be famous you're a paid hooker is basically what you are take your fucking money stick it in your pocket tax-free and go find your next job but no it turns into well i want to be a celebrity i'm gonna put an album out i was number 34 on itunes who gives a fuck I could fart into a fucking mic and run up and down the stairs and probably crack the top hundred of iTunes. All right, what the fuck does that got to do with anything? But that's a society. It's got auto-tune it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
and put a hot. I think you're just it. giving Chris ideas. <laughs> hey, maybe you should fart on a snare drum. All right. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, no, Rich, I, you're you're right. Back in the day, you know, snapping, get going to a restaurant, have snap a finger and pop out a table, and bam, you, your girl, your boys, you're all eating, and it's free. And that was all the rage. And then, you know, you'd be just all the 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 glitz and glamour that came with you being a millionaire. But that's what I was trying to tell you when we first started this segment. Kyrie Irving is proof that no matter what, some people will never be happy. Because it's all, it's evolved, like you were saying, all the way to this, you know, you know real TV shit. And now, you know, the athletes have to be not just, you know, celebrities, but they have to be the best celebrity. And because Kyrie Irving isn't the man, the best player on a team, he wants to go somewhere where he can get more recognition. You've got to be shitting me. Well, I also think it's really telling that in the last 15 years, maybe maybe it's even less than 15 years. I can't really remember, to be honest with you. But I remember Stefan Marbury released his own line of shoes that were like... I think they were like 50 bucks. And the whole reason that they asked him why, he said, because I'm not going to gouge my fans who want to buy my shoe line with artificially inflated prices to line my pockets. And people called him a fucking idiot for it. Now, at the same time, the Ball family releases $500 shoes that look like something that a child molester would wear that, that they spray painted completely black so they wouldn't fucking you know, be spotted in the bushes while beating off to the fucking middle school kids and put a $500 price tag on it. And it dominated the, you know, no, yeah, everyone goofed on them because they're, uh, the family's a bunch of fucking idiots. This is a per- another perfect example of a family who basketball to me is secondary. It's what they can get their fucking name in the paper with that's important. And I mean, maybe, you know what? Maybe that's what this comes down to. Maybe it comes down to this is Kyrie Irving throwing an adult temper tantrum. This is him laying on the ground, kicking and stomping his feet, and 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 hitting his hand, his little his little balled up fist against the ground until mommy and daddy pay him attention. Mommy and daddy just happen to be the American public right now. Well, I mean, speaking of adult temper tantrums, when you see guys like Levar Ball pulling that shit like he did this weekend, I mean, we're apparently showing we accept the behavior. I mean, because it's been what? What did he do? He pulled his team out of a tournament because he didn't like it with the the calls the uh, call the ref made. So he literally took his ball and went home. That's a fifty year old. That's a fifty something year old man. Yeah, pulls big ballers you know, the EU team off the court because he didn't like the call. Uh, disputed a foul. Point, that was, oh, I'm sorry. It's just par for the course with this guy. No, sorry, I interrupted you. I'm just saying it's just par for the course for this guy at this point. Like he's starting to like. Become a parody of himself. Well, this is according you were to about ESPN. to fill us in on the details there, Rich. Yeah, yeah according to ESPN, uh, he got whistled for a technical for arguing the foul call and, and uh, cussing out a, a referee. And, oh, it was a playoff game at the double pump best of summer, summer tournament in, in uh, Anaheim. The game was ruled a forfeit, giving a victory to the opposing team. That's a good message to send a bunch of young fucking athletes Hey, I don't like a call, so we're going to fucking basically walk off and forfeit a playoff game. And, you know, it, it, the beauty of it is that his youngest son 
Lamelo was there, and apparently Lamelo thought that was the funniest shit he's ever seen because that's one of the things that he fucking has been quoted as saying. But anyways, the story goes on to say uh, he disputed a foul, called as one of his players went for a steal along the sideline immediately after the whistle. Ball repeated, that's not a foul, that's not a foul, that's not a foul. Then apparent reference to the official who Ball felt was out of position. He said, he came way over here to call that bullshit. After being issued a technical, Ball motioned towards his players in the court and bench and said, let's go. Ball and his players proceeded to grab their gear and leave the court. In a video posted by Overtime, Ball can be heard saying outside the gym afterwards, it's not about the referee. I'm not going to have my guys playing hard and they're cheating. I don't play that shit. And wow. let's see. You recent uh, Ball has been no stranger to controversy this year. You recently got into a war of words with 76ers center Joel Embiid, who was fined 10000 by the NBA for directing an, un- directing an obscenity at Ball on social media. Ball quit once again. Look here. What just cost a player $10,000? Social media. Ball quickly fired back at him, saying, you got to use cuss words when you don't have no intellect. <laughs> when you don't have no... Okay. The irony is... You think LeVar Ball understands irony? No. No, I don't... I, I don't think... <sighs> I don't think there's a lot of deep thinking going on with, with, with some of these fucking athletes and especially with Papa Ball here because I, I just... I think his eyes are so on the brass ring that it, it doesn't matter. Everything he's got blinders on. It does not matter. He wants that reality show. He wants his entire family to be famous. Okay, his wife had a stroke. That gets played up in the media. He wants sympathy for that. I mean, I, I, I there's nothing this guy won't use to try to get his name in the media. And here's the bitch of it: he could have rode his fucking wife having a stroke. Right down Main Street into the center of of you have our empathy and compassion fucking t- uh, city. Yeah, he could have changed it up. He could have changed up the he could have changed the headline up. But within a week of that fucking coming out, that story coming out, that did its best to paint him as this fucking loving, wonderful fucking husband who's going to take care of his wife and told his kids, "It's not your job to worry about your mother. It's mine." All this. He started with his nonsense again. And then it was like a week after that, boom, it gets leaked that, yeah, this, this, all this shit's because he wants a fucking reality TV show for his family. And, you know, and to take a page out of another one of our co-hosts on the yeah, networks. That's, that's pretty low. To take a page on another one of our co-hosts page on this network, uh, Aaron from Unregimented, at a certain point, we got to stop blaming the people who are putting this shit on the air, and we got to start looking at our fellow human beings going, what the fuck is wrong with you people for watching this shit? They're only going to put out what they know is going to fucking make them money. You're the idiots to keep this fucking coming. Yeah, they only do it because they know it'll be consumed. Believe me, in our society, in American culture, where we put in God we trust on the only God we believe in, uh, if it ain't making money, it ain't long for this world. I, they're... they're, they're <laughs> There are a billion hopes and dreams that have been dashed against the rocks of <laughs> capitalism here in America since we fucking 1776. People just, oh, well, I'll, I'll create it. And no matter, even if it's a good product, if there's no demand for it, you better find a niche market and settle in with your fucking low profit margins and find a way to fucking live off that. I don't know. It, <laughs> 
here's my problem. I, I more often than not, when when I hear a, a shit with players versus owners, players versus management, I side with the players because I know the argument from a lot of people is it's it's billionaires arguing with millionaires. But the truth is, is that the people that hold the power are the people that we don't see on TV every day. And believe me, for every dollar that gets paid to an athlete, there's ten dollars that athletes not seeing that they they got made off of his fucking name. All right. So when you have teams starting to fucking post record profits, and a guy goes, "Well, hey, wait a minute, I want my cut. I'm the fucking guy that puts the asses in the seats," and the ownership balks at him. Yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna support that guy. Now, I'm not saying that guy should fucking bleed the team dry. I'm not saying that, that, that he should bankrupt the fucking team. But, I mean, those owners wouldn't have a product if it wasn't for the players on the fucking field or on the court or on the ice. But my problem is, is that now this is like, I don't know how I feel about this because, like I said, there is a system in place, and this is just shaking up the system. And on paper, I should all be all for it to where the players are like, we don't need general managers to do shit. We don't need them to make phone calls and, and wine and dine players to, you know, free potential free agents or to, you know, soften teams up for a trade. We'll do it ourselves. But my problem is, is that it's not happening in a way that I think it should. And it's just my thought, but I don't think these, these types of things shouldn't be played out in the press. You know, when you go to the press about a trade, you know, when you go to the press about a free agent signing, when you set the fucking, uh, uh, press conference date to announce it because the more fingers you get in the fucking pie when you're trying to cook it the more shitty that pie is going to be most of the time because that's the other thing we very well could be sitting here at the beginning of the nba season and kyrie irvin hasn't gone anywhere he's still a fucking cavalier yeah cleveland say uh fuck you we can't unload your contract but yeah you 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 pissed all in the fucking in in uh, on our ability to trade you with your nonsense, this is the fallout of it. So you can either sit the hey. fuck out the season and not get paid, or you can you can play and shut the fuck up. But remember, we are the squeaky wheel society now. So he could he also could be traded by the next time we record. Shutting the fuck up has my vote, whether he plays or not. <laughs> well, that ship has sailed, sir. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, hey. You know, we, oh. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, man. I was going to say, you, you touched on another subject in that, you know, little segment that we that that we were doing that I think is a fairly interesting one. That I think it actually happened before last week's episode, but for whatever reason, we just didn't get around to it or we forgot to bring it up, which is the whole Michael Vick commenting on Kaepernick's fucking haircut deal. And I don't want to fucking color either of you guys' opinions, so I'm just going to ask the question. Get your opinions, and then I'll give mine. What do you think of the fucking the comment and then the fallout from it? Iceman, you want to go? I honestly, I, I know he commented. I didn't hear what the comment was or what the fallout is. The comment was along the lines of, if he wanted to get signed, this is Michael Vick saying this about Kaepernick, he would help himself. By getting rid of his uh, afro. And of course, there was uh, the backlash was, how dare you tell him to get rid of his afro? You wore cornrows yourself. Uh, I believe at one point, it, it <laughs> this black on black crime has to stop. At one point, there was a bunch of uh, black, com black sports commentators attacking Michael Vick, saying, you know, 
what the fuck are you doing is bad enough. We got to put up with this from racist white people. Now we got to put up with this from your ass to the point where basically Michael Vick made a public apology. Well, not a public apology. He released a statement apologizing for for what he said. Okay. Well, in that, I mean, in that case, yeah, I, I think Vic should shut the fuck up. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, we have talked about this at nauseum to quote Rich. We know why he hasn't signed. We know all the reasons he's not signed. It has absolutely nothing to do with his hair. Uh, there are plenty of black athletes with afros. Ben Wallace. You know what I'm saying? They Look turned into thing. a marketing scheme. Um, yeah, exactly. It was, yeah. So, I mean, that would be like saying Clay Matthews has to cut his hair if he wants to play. Bullshit. He was one of the best linebackers in the NFL. No, shut up, Mike. What's wrong with one man telling another man to get a haircut if he's trying to get a new job? That's your that's your sizzling <laughs> that's hot it. take on it. That's I mean, it. Really? That's, <laughs> I, I mean, do we we overthink things a lot as a country lately? This sounds like this is should go in that basket. Um. Well, I'll say this. I okay. Mike Vick was running around with cornrows in Atlanta. Donovan McNabb. And I guarantee you that there were white Falcons fans who the only black person they would see they could see in cornrows and not fucking be tempted to start hurling, you know, every racial epithet and stereotype at was Michael Vick because he's the quarterback for the Falcons. Um, so I, I, maybe he has a perspective on it that that I'm incapable of understanding because never had an afro. I had hair down to the middle of my. Well, actually, cracking my ass at one point, and outside of a few comments of like, "Hey, nice hair. When did when did you start your period?" and you know, "Oh, I thought you were hot till you turned around." Type shit, you know, same old fucking shit you hear. Bob Seger said it, you know, same old cliches. Is it a woman? Is it a man? And I'm if I was a woman, I'd be the ugliest woman you ever saw. So I, I just let them shits go off my fucking shoulder. I didn't care. But, I mean, I know that certain people have an assumption. They see a black man with an afro, they think, militant, angry. Personally, I don't. I mean, didn't Randy Moss have an afro at one point? Did. I never thought Randy Moss was an asshole because of his afro. I thought Randy Moss was an asshole because of his personality. Well, when As you're a freak of fucking nature and have talent of fucking out the wazoo, yeah, you can be an asshole a little bit. I mean, yeah, I think you just hit on something. When you got that kind of talent, nobody gives a fuck about your haircut. Colin Kaepernick don't have that kind of talent. Yeah, I mean, no. no I mean, right, so cut your hair. <laughs> well, no, I mean, because let's be honest here. If, if, if let's just change the sports. Randy Moss and, also just didn't piss off the entire country a year ago, too. I'll throw that well, qualifier in there as well. Well, let's just change sports for a second. Let's just say that, that for whatever reason, in an alternate universe, Vic... And Kaepernick played baseball. And Kaepernick was trying to sign with the Yankees. And Vic said, if you want to do that, you're going to have to cut that hair. That's just common knowledge. Yankees have a team-wide, from the top to the bottom, dress code, grooming standard, etc. No facial hair, no long hair, business, I mean, business haircuts across the board, mustache, and it better, it's just like the Marines. If it, if it comes over, if it goes beyond the corners of your mouth, police that mustache. Got a bunch of cowboy Elvises running around here. All right. 
So if that was the case, I would be like, well, that's probably some good advice. To me, that's like saying to OJ, hey, the reason America don't love you is because you did the Naked Gun movies. Like, whatever your opinion (laughs) about the Naked Gun movies are, that ain't the reason people are fucking pissed at OJ. In fact, the Naked Gun movies are are very much an afterthought to most people's minds when it comes to OJ anymore. I don't think his fucking Colin Kaepernick, I agree with you, I don't think Colin Kaepernick's hair has got a goddamn thing to do with where he's fucking signed, or whether he's signed or not, excuse me. And I think, honestly, Mike Vick was trying to be probably a little bit more profound than he should have been. You know? Well, Rich, let's take it to your your part of the, the woods there. It, it's all in context. If he was saying it as a joke, that's one thing. If he was saying it, you know, like Chris was trying to make it, you know, hey, get a haircut, shave, stand up, be a man. That's another thing. But if, I mean, and I'm all assuming because I haven't heard it and I didn't see him say it, so I don't know what context to put it in. So I, I only assume with the fallout that Vic was saying it in a manner that said, hey, you look too black with a fro, cut it, look a little bit more white, and you might get signed. At that point, Mike Vic needs to shut the fuck up. Not only Does that, anyone else re- realize we're in a society now where black people can't see things to black people anymore? Like yeah, what was I'm it uh, saying, when uh, LaMelo Ball dropped an N-bomb on uh, what Raw or whatever? People lost their mind like, wait. Like, Bill Maher said it two months ago. He can't say it because he's a white guy. But now a black guy said it to another black guy. About another black guy. You see it in the endearing term. And there's still outrage. Well, yeah, but Chris, uh, what Iguodala said it about himself. And people were outraged. He said, yeah. what would a dumb nigger do? He didn't even say nigger with an A. He said the ER. What would a dumb nigger do? See, and part of me that doesn't care about being a hypocrite loves that. Because I'm like, that's right. Now everybody who's been fucking under this 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 blanket of ignorance when it comes to SJWs and the regressive left who want to police language and police thoughts and are even willing sometimes to go as far as to criminalize fucking language. Now you get to see what the fuck it's like and you don't like it. So why don't you do something about it? Because we're not allowed to say anything. I mean, we are. But it's dismissed out of and, you know, Because of his actions and what he's done. You know what I mean? He didn't just take a knee and try to stand up for something he believes in. This motherfucker was fighting dogs. And that's the other thing that, like, to me, I'm like, okay, why don't you hop down off your high horse? Because I don't remember Kaepernick, anybody in his crew, you know, with his knowledge, electrocuting dogs who weren't even good enough to be bait dogs in fights to train fighting dogs. Like, electrocuting them to death and drowning them and, and all types of other crazy shit. I mean, look, not to get into the whole fucking dog fighting thing, but, I mean, I love animals, but I also do realize there is a fucking hierarchy, all right? And killing animals is despicable in my book, but as much as I hate most humans on this planet, killing humans for no good reason is worse. And believe me, humans every day give me reason to kill them, and I don't. So I don't meet many animals to give me a reason to kill them on a day-to-day basis. I meet a lot of human beings who deserve to die on a day-to-day basis. But for him to try to to be some sort of, like, what, Chris, what, like what do you, what do you call Crick? it? Like, no, like, Chris, what do you call it? Like getting up on Mount Pius or whatever? Yes. 
standing yeah. up on Mount Pius. You are the wrong person for that job, homeboy. I am so sorry to break the news to you. I don't care what the fucking people sitting next to you in the studio have said. I don't care if you think you've rehabbed your image in the eyes of your the people on your t- on your fucking team, dude. You're not the person to be given this fucking. It's like when it come out that okay when when Bill Cosby was found not liable or whatever the fuck it was because it wasn't it wasn't or was it not guilty? Oh, uh, the hung jury. Thank you, hung jury. Thank you. That's what it was. Okay, and then like the next day, his people announced that he's going to go around. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but I mean, it's like something out of an Onion article. The next day after a hung jury on a sexually fu- on a sexual assault charge, he's going to go around and talk to young people and athletes how not to get sexually assaulted. First of all, and, don't take a drink from Bill Cosby. Number exactly. one rule yeah. of that seminar. Yeah, pretty easy. Second of all, don't be 14 <laughs> and be around R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And third of all, never go to a sleepover. At Roman Polanski's house. Pretty, you know, we've, we've covered most of the bases here. But, I mean, it's just hey, like Michael Jackson and Roman Polanski are having a party. You don't go to that party if you are and under you, 15. You don't send your kids to that party. <laughs> I mean, Stay away from Penn State, I'm telling you. Exactly. Right, yeah. I mean, these are, it's like Jerry Sandusky giving a fucking speech on, you know, how to avoid pedophiles. All he's got to do is say, Hold up a picture and say, "See that? Don't come near me." And and it, what? It's the wrong person to, to, to be given the message. But it, but I, like it's to me. Yes, we are. Uh, and, and Chris, I'm guilty of it. And I'm yeah, and I'm not going to apologize for bringing it up because it, it was a it was a pretty you know big story there for a couple of days. But yes, we are overthinking it. And when I say we, I do include me along with you know the media that went into the whole fucking rigmarole. But it. It does it does kind of speak to like really are we really focusing on the issues here? Because if I'm Colin Kaepernick, I and I hear that I gotta go. That's what the fuck he got out of me kneeling on the, for the national anthem. That's all he took from it. Yeah, pay attention, Mike. No wonder the simple motherfucker, you know, had to dog fight. It's not like he was gonna be running a fucking Fortune 500 company anytime soon. <laughs> That's a very good point, Rich. Out of all of the things that Colin Kaepernick has done, the pigs on the socks and the kneeling and the, all of the shit, cut your hair, that's the best advice you got for him, man? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's, it's amusing in a, in a watching a car wreck in slow motion way. It really is because it's like, you, you just missed the point, dude. You just missed the point, Mike. You know, it's like, shh, sit down. Go sit over at the little kid's table. We'll call you when it's time to break down football plays. <laughs> Social issues, not so much. That's Take like looking at Mike Tyson and going, hey, you know what? Just stay out of tattoo shops, Mike. You know, that's his biggest problem. That's what he has to avoid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> D- don't so. go to pageants. Don't want to give him that advice? No? All right. Yeah, I, I just... Huh. I, it, it is it is very strange, and it goes back to something we've talked about on, on on regimented, and we've talked about here a few times. Just not we haven't gotten into it as deep, but I mean this is the you know PC police run amok, eating themselves. I mean it is it is the regressives who want to take away speech and 
take away people's right to say things, turning on each other and turning on themselves. And part of me does enjoy that because that's how... The, that's how these people are going to fucking fall apart. It's, it, it's just like, you know, the clan beefing with the Aryan Brotherhood. I don't really care about that. Let them kill each other as far as I'm concerned. I have no fucking problem with that. As long as they don't take out anybody else and they just kill each other, no collateral damage, don't give a fuck. You know? And, and the idiots who want to fucking tell everybody what they're allowed to say, think, feel, who are trying to take out people who feel the same way, but they have one different opinion than, than the other groups. So they're the enemy. I don't really care. Fuck them. Just go. This kind of like touches on some that we talked about earlier in the episode about, you know, the people who cry wolf all the time. This guy's always fallen. Like I got outraged for tea at this point. I'm like, Oh, and someone was, you know, we hear, Oh, and there was outrage about this. And I'm like, where I'm at now. And I'm like, Oh, of course there was. What were we mad about now? Like, and it's, it's just, it's starting to become white noise to me. White guilt noise. That's like the meme on it's Facebook. Phrase I'm coining it. That's good, <laughs> good morning, Facebook. What are we offended by today? Yeah. Well, the thing is, when, when, when you say you have outrage, fatigue, or people taking, you know, you're like, I don't really care if people are offended anymore, which I'm right there with you. Um, for me, at least, it's because I don't believe they're outraged or offended. Like, true offense, I've seen. It's a visceral reaction, all right? And if you're, if you, and I've offended people who I had no intention of offending, none whatsoever. And if I offended anybody in this room, I am sorry. And when you see that in a person and you didn't mean to offend them, then you go, whoa, I'm sorry. One trying to fucking, seriously, one trying to pick a scab on that situation. But when people just, just, just walk around waiting to be offended and are looking to manufacture, like, it's manufactured outrage and offense. And if you can manufacture it and you can pick and choose when you're offended and when you're outraged, then you're not genuinely either of those things. And, I mean, this, I mean, did you, the people who were fucking pissed off, about Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem. I'll at least give them this. I truly believe they were pissed off about it. I, I honestly, there is, no I doubt in my, there is no doubt in my mind those people were pissed off. The people that got pissed off when he wore the socks depicting police officers as pigs truly believe they were angry about that. That don't mean I agree with them. Don't mean I fucking side with them. But I understand where they're coming from. And it was genuine. The people who were pissed off because Mike Vick told them to get a haircut, I know I don't buy it. And you can say, you can save all that bullshit patter about, well, it's a black thing, it's a black thing. Okay, all right, well then fine. Then here's the deal: get it the fuck off the airwaves and go deal with it at the BET Awards. The fuck you want me to tell you? I'm sorry. If Jeff, if if Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy start beefing at the next CMT Awards, we're not going to fucking make sure that we shove it in Black America's face. No, we're gonna we're gonna hide the shame of the fact that those two idiots <laughs> even have a fucking career, as best we can, from the entire world. Anybody that's got an education and, and finished a grade that has two you know two numbers in it, we're gonna try to hide that fucking fact from them out of shame, which we sh rightfully should feel. It's just it's it's, it's nonsense, man, and it's fucking. It, it it just it just goes to show this we're not the only ones who have problems coming up with fucking topics when it comes to sports. 
And these are professionals. There's a producer somewhere who, the minute Mike Vick said that, shot a universe of fucking sperm into his fucking inside of his pants and was like, God damn it, we got our story for the next two, three days. And we don't even have to work for it. This is fucking great. Yeah, Rich, but you come from a society that is so happy. All right, like a lady that puts her hand on a fucking coffee pot burner, burns her hand, sues McDonald's for millions. Because she didn't know it was hot. You've got to be shitting me. It's a coffee pot burner. You got your, unless you're talking about a different case, you got your fucking facts mixed up, but I get your point. Now, that's only important because people that sue out of just because they want to sue, all right, when, when it comes time for somebody who has a real case, who has real facts that need to be dealt with and ha- get retribution for well, now they can't because they've people, the legislators have had enough. The insurance companies have had enough. They pay out all this money for people with stupid claims, but they're claims nonetheless, so they have to get paid. So now when it comes time for somebody real to have these issues, nah, we, we've changed the laws. You're fucked. So now they go into, you know, they go in and they got millions of dollars and they got huge egos it's 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 just snowballed into that that realm. So now you can't say the right thing, and if you do, you do get persecuted. You get do get sued, but you you get it on social media, you get it through the press, public perception, and then now people like Chris are are the legislators. Now we're fed up. We don't give a shit if they're offended. We don't care. So when everybody's not when you know all the way back when you're crying when you're not crying wolf. And you have a serious issue and something, you know, sincere comes up. People are going to be like, and so what? Stand in line with the other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, real problem. We're not going to know or care. Both are dangerous. We've already we've fucking I was going to say we pole vaulted past the point, but that's not fair. We have hopped on evil Knievel's fucking rocket sled and jumped over the snake river of not giving a fuck about hypocrisy in this country. Because let's let's get all open a window, somebody, because we're about to get all racial in this piece. All right. If this Uh-oh. had been a white former football player that said that to Colin Kaepernick, shit. You know fucking yeah. <laughs> game over. <laughs> We'd be on We'd week been, two of coverage. Uh, of 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 Frogate. Yes. We would fucking be sitting here. <laughs> Did you just we, call him Frogate? Yes, we'd have been sitting here with constant updates for the last two shows about this shit. I mean, so to your point, even though I don't agree with the examples you use necessarily, I do understand where you're coming to where the more power and more uh, uh, privilege you're perceived to have, the less you can say. Because let's be honest here, none of us have experienced the privilege that Mike Vick has, has, has had. None of us experienced the privilege Mike Vick had in fucking high school in our entire lives. I guarantee, and if you want to talk privilege, privilege is getting shit that you don't necessarily deserve, all right? Oh, you can throw a fucking oblong pigskin around. In the grand scheme of the world, what the fuck does that mean? Not a whole lot, but because there's a market for it, and college teams took a look at him and said, we can win. And we could fucking sell jerseys, and we could put asses in the seats with him playing for us. He was given fucking chances that we were never given in high school. He was given passes we were never given in high school. I guarantee you he didn't fucking earn every grade he got. And if anyone wants to fucking argue with that, I challenge you to to look up 
all the colleges that get busted constantly for pushing through their star athletes with grades that they don't deserve, giving them the, the <laughs> giving them the easiest fucking credit hours they can. I mean, take up some basket weaving. <laughs> exactly, you know, a lot of weightlifting classes. How many keyboarding classes can you take? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it. it that's what that's what I'm saying. So this is just to me. This is just once again the sports media going, and I almost can't blame the sports media on this one. They're cowards, but I can't blame them for it because in today in in, in today's climate, you cannot be honest. You cannot say why are we talking about this story and yeah, why? And- I mean, because my initial reaction was like, black guy told no black guy to get a haircut next. Like yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Um, am I am I minimizing guy, it too much? I mean, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if you if you want to get it down to brass tacks, growing up, you know, I had a couple black friends who their hair their hair game was all fucked up, and white black, it didn't matter who in our crew, bro. Your shit looks like '70s porno bush. You need to get your shit tightened up. Come on, man. The fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, even Questlove has a hairstylist. I mean. Let's love goes make it look like this. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's the context of of where he said it, which was in front of a fucking camera and it was broadcast and it was something that if he said to him and someone had a fucking, like, it was a one-on-one situation. Like if it was him and Mike, if it was Michael Vick and Kaepernick at some social event hanging out and someone looked out their cell phone cam and Mike Vick was like, oh, hey, what's going on, Kaepernick? How's it going? Hey, what's going on, Vick? Hey, man, your afro's fucked up, bro. You look like Angela Davis. You need to cut that shit. Everybody would have laughed about it. <laughs> I mean, everybody would have fucking had a goof about it. But because he said the shit when he did, where he did, like he did, you know, it became at least for Context. a couple of days an issue. Yeah, it became an issue for a couple of days. Because there were some and white people in the room to get offended. That's why. I, yes, we're offended on your behalf. Oh, well, how condescending. I'm glad that I'm not evolved enough to get offended when I should be. Thank you for telling me, Mr. White Man, when I should and shouldn't be offended. Is there anything else you'd like to tell me to do? Like, can I get that cotton out of that fucking Anison bottle for you? <laughs> I mean, seriously, if dude, if I was black, people would think I was like the second coming of like, Malcolm X at his angriest, because I'd just be a sarcastic motherfucker to everybody. I just wouldn't give a fuck. What are you going to do to me? You going to lock me up? Okay. You think that's going to make me fucking shut up? Shit. Hey, nope. It's only going to get worse for you, homeboy. Because yeah. I'm going to speak truth. I'm going I'm to speak truth. To, and if I was a black woman, oh, <laughs> Lord. Meanwhile, Irvin has his whole head shaved going, just put me on a team where I mean something more. <laughs> If I was a black woman, I'd make Monique look like she never spoke her mind. That's just, that's just all I'm gonna say. I would, oh, I would, yeah. I'd be walking around telling everybody to kiss my entire black ass. I just would do it every day. I'd just go fuck with everybody and 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 get in their face and be like, "I dare you to say something about it." I got the media on speed dial. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> I know, right? Make me call Anderson Cooper. Make me call Anderson Cooper. <laughs> I got MSNBC's number, and I ain't afraid to use it. <laughs> Shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. Well, okay. We've we've offended enough people for the fucking, for one podcast. I guess it's time to move on to a different subject. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, and the oh, Iceman, we... didn't some shit go down? Yeah. Oh, wait. Didn't some shit go down in NASCAR you want to talk about? Yeah, Casey Kane won. Who thunk it? <laughs> Not it's only Chris his 13th right? win. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this, what? this is all you. Oh, no, I just... You were like Casey, Casey Kane, Kane won for the 13th time, and I, my point to this whole thing was that's only shocking because NASCAR has, uh, if anybody follows NASCAR that listens to us knows this, has adopted their uh, race for the cup, race for the chase, if you will, and you could actually win the the NASCAR cup, what is Monster NASCAR cup, now it's what it's called? Uh, at Winston Cup, sure. you can win the Winston Cup. <laughs> Fuck that! I, I just—that's what I'm going to call it. It's what it's always been for me. Going back to the old but, school, because I'm an old fool. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but you can win that without winning a race. Has it been that way for points. a while? It's, well, where you yeah. place, it's where you place over the season. You get points, and at the end of the season, whoever has the most points, boom, wins the wins the championship. No, right? at the end of the season, you go in for the the uh, you go into the chase for the cup. Instead of the race for the chase, you got to race for the chase. So basically, go into the quote playoff, and then uh, once you get into the chase, you got to keep winning points. Who the fuck is coming up with NASCAR's marketing plan? Did they dig up Dr. Seuss or some shit? Uh, Dude, (laughs) it's it's all fucked up. But the the point was, do they think their fans are? Let's make everything rhyme. (laughs) Back in the day, it was anybody's game. Uh, there was no restrictor plates. You could go as fast as your car could fucking travel and hold together. And who knows what's going to happen and who knows what's going to win, you know. But nowadays with restrictor plate and this new point system, it's always the same group of people up top. You know, I could name some names and even the most casual fan or, you know, people that don't even follow NASCAR will know who I'm talking about. You know, uh, Kyle Busch, you guys have heard of him? Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about Kyle Busch yeah. and uh, Martin, whatever his face, wrecking each other Martin, at the brickyard. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to talk about. I didn't know you were going to talk about some Casey Kane. Casey Kane sounds like some fucking shitty knockoff DJ in the middle of fucking Clintwood, <laughs> Virginia somewhere, but go ahead. Yeah, Casey Kane. Casey Kasem. And this is Casey Kasem. No. Uh, no, it's just... It's only surprising that he's won. It's not because it's the 13th win ever. It's just, it's it's out of the norm for people. Jimmy Johnson didn't win, you know. Uh, I mean, there were, back in the day, there were a few, you know, Dale Earnhardt, you know, Richard Petty. <laughs> but anybody could win. And now it's just, it's the group that, uh, you know, usually sits up top. And it's it's almost boring for that, for that reason. Because you used to watch racing... Because you never knew what was going to happen, and you never knew who, who was going to win. Now you have a pretty good idea of the group that's one of them are going to win, and everybody's trying to be you know made the same with the restrictor plate. So anything that you you know other than going fast and turning left is the big you know joke about NASCAR. But I mean, other than trying to watch your favorite driver, it's just it's not really fun anymore to watch that sport you know you, you just want to watch it for the wreck now you really do so you want to watch races like talladega daytona stuff like that and the and ladies and gentlemen and the transgendered in our audience this is from a nascar fan nascar huge, is really 
a huge, huge NASCAR, NASCAR fan, literally and figuratively. NASCAR is not even that much fun to watch anymore. Are you sure that this dude? All the all the times we've we, all the times we bitched about sports not being as fun as they used to be. You sure it's just we're not just getting old? And we've seen it before, so it's like it's not a big idea. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are getting older, Rich. But th- with that, everybody's you know all the way back to now. Save the children has come to full circle to save the athletes. I mean, seriously, football has gotten more sissified. Uh, hockey, you can't fight. You know, you can barely check. Um, basketball, if you're in the circle, so many feet, inches, so many inches of where the player lands, that's a foul. If he goes up to shoot a basket and you're near where he lands, foul. I, it just becomes, it's sissified. Same thing with NASCAR. Uh, baseball, you can't intentional walk anymore? Get the fuck out of here. NASCAR, you can't go over a certain speed. You have a restrictor plate on your carburetor that slows your car down. So the, essentially, this is the skinny, skinny genification of NASCAR. Oh, 100% is. Because they feel that if but, you go so fast and then hit a wall, you get, your chances of dying has escalated. Credit to Michael Rappaport for that phrase. Yeah, it wasn't it basketball that he said it about? Yeah, he always talks about the skinny genification of the NBA See, I'm going to stick with it's just because we're getting older, at least a little bit, because I'm going to I'm a, I'm going to I'm a paraphrase uh, quote Patrice O'Neill on this. Like at 20, I really loved pussy, but at 40, I love pussy differently. Like I only fuck to have a memory to jerk off to later now. Like this, I only watch sports oh, to go okay. so much. It was so much better when I was younger. I mean. <laughs> It's just, I mean, serious. <laughs> Rich, after that, I, I just want you to know you got some serious couch issues. Those are issues that need to be dealt with while lying down on a couch. Just saying. Give what a fuck. fuck. The man knows what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, Bernie Mac also said, it. he's like, hey, look, man, I'm in my 40s now. You get three minutes. That's a heavyweight, that's a heavyweight bout fight one round, and people have been knocked out in the first round. Oh, you fuck all the rest of that shit. You know, hooting and hollering and squirming and shit. Uh, uh, shut the fuck up. Get your nuts so I can watch TV. That's it's, it's fucking. I I almost feel like that's that's how we've gotten about sports. Like we should really like the Sporgy Old Man Podcast or something like that. <laughs> no, Rich, you're right. We are getting older, but it. Doesn't go without saying the sports have gotten more sissified, and I've just explained how. No, I agree with you, dude. Yeah, I just it, it it's sports in general just really aren't fun to watch because of the sissification. It really isn't. Moreover, with NASCAR, the the rule changes, the, the structure of how you win, and the restrictor plates. All, all of the you know, the wing modifications, all of which is changing the sport to which, quite literally, you're, you're waiting for the wreck to see how many people get caught up in the big wrecks. Well, dude, I mean, and this isn't just to, to us in 2017. I mean, back in the, you know, back way back in the day, the whole point of watching Gladiators was to see who was going to live and to see who was going to die, you know, and eventually sport, you know, even, even that sport changed and it changed up, you know, and over centuries and, and, and 
different cultures and sh- shit like that. I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed American Gladiator. I'm just saying. Exactly, but if you'd have shown that to the old Romans, they'd have been like, what kind of pussy-ass bullshit is this? Where's the vomitorium? I'm going to go puke. They wouldn't want to watch that shit. <laughs> I mean, Bring me a 12-year-old. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't matter. You pick. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, it, when we were, let's be honest, NASCAR has always been about, oh, shit, how bad of a wreck are we going to see to a lot of people? Even people who appreciate, <laughs> I don't think these words should be put together in a sentence, but for the sake of argument, I'll do it. The finer points of NASCAR, that even they would be like, oh shit, did you see that wreck? It's just the nature of the sport. And I get that, the sport, I get that the sport wants to, because just like football, if, good Lord, if, foot, if, the, if, if Goodell was to drop dead right now, and a new commissioner was appointed, and that commissioner came out and said, all right, here's the deal. We're getting rid of late hits on the fucking quarterback. We're getting rid of hits on a defensive, defenseless receiver, blah, blah, blah. You can truck motherfuckers. You could, you, could, you could take the crown of your helmet and stick it right in the middle of his fucking sternum if that's what you got to do to fucking stop somebody. And we don't care who lives and who dies. A certain amount of the fucking media, a whole lot of the media, actually, because the media, today, the media tests the waters of society and then base their opinions upon that instead of just stating facts. They would have to be, oh, this is horrible because every non-football fan would be like, this is, oh my God, this is disgusting. This is, this is a snuff, this is a snuff film every, you know, broadcast every Sunday. You know, you're just waiting for some real to die. football fan would be like, this is the day we've all been waiting for. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, NASCAR to me is one of those sports that has to walk that fine line. Like, yes, crashes are inevitable, but they have to appear to be worried about not necessarily appear. I'm sure that they I'm sure that I, I, look, no one wants to see their drivers die because if good drivers die, there's only so much money you can make off a dead driver. All right. In a generation or two, to talk about Dale Earnhardt, people will be like, when they talk about Richard Petty these days, and I know Richard Petty didn't die on the track, but give me a second. I, a lot of younger NASCAR fans, when you mention Richard Petty, it's like mentioning Babe Ruth to a baseball fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was one of the greats. But they never, they, there's, no pers- there's no personal connection to that, to that athlete there. That's what it's going to be in a generation or two when, when someone mentions <clears throat> Dale Earnhardt. Oh, yeah, he was one of the greats. I've heard some great stories. You heard stories. I actually watched a man race. You know, and I, I don't know. So NASCAR knows that. So they don't want their fucking, they don't want their drivers to die out there. But at the same time, if a whole NASCAR season went by and there wasn't one crash, That'd be the lowest rated NASCAR season in the history of NASCAR. NASCAR would be on the Outdoor Life channel within a couple fucking years. Guarantee it. You'd be looking for it like you look for NHL hockey. Because isn't that part of why we watch sports? I mean, am I the only one that notices that for all the shit they talk about injuries and in, in, in football and in, in any sport, boy, they sure show it to you slowed down from every angle they got when one happens. Yeah, I remember Bowman's leg being broke going... How in the hell? Oh, that's how. When you slow it down, hey, I can it, really see it. <laughs> it. How many times have we all seen the Joe Theismann injury? Yeah, and here's 
here's the here's the bitch of that is that when high speed internet was just coming in to be the norm to where more people we had tipped we had tipped from more people were on high speed than they were on dial up that was a hard clip to find all it took was one guy who had a VHS tape of it somewhere to upload it and that thing got passed around more than a Kardashian at all black prison I'm fucking telling you man that shit <laughs> I, it's no, it's. I'm not bullshitting, dude. The, the, one of the first clips I went to go look for when I got on the internet with high speed internet was over at your house, Earl. Well, actually, not your house, your dorm room. When I found out you had high speed internet, one of the first things I wanted to look up was the Joe Theismann injury. We couldn't fucking find that thing for shit. Now you can. T- I type it in. I guarantee you, within the first three fucking search for. Yeah, but at this point, all you have to do is Google Joe Theismann and click on videos. It's like the yeah. first one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to say. So, I mean, that's why we watch videos. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor remembers Joe Theismann's injury. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. And then like, the, second, the second one is Lawrence Taylor breaks Joe Theismann's leg in Monday Night Football. Yeah. So there you and, go. And, and the third one is Lawrence Taylor does his uh, Oscar award-winning performance of acting concerned for Joe Theismann. <laughs> yeah. Because that was some of the best acting I've ever seen out of him, not in a courtroom. Like, seriously, he was like, oh, his leg's broke. Hurry up. Get over here. Help him. Meanwhile, inside, he's like, you know, you know that, that meme with Kermit the Frog and evil Kermit the Frog? Well, his evil Kermit the Frog yeah. not only has the hood on, but he had the crack pipe. And he was like, that's right. That's what you get, motherfucker. Like the good Kermit Frog was like, tell the tell the sideline we need help, and the evil fucking Kermit the Frog was like, piss on his head and do a hump dance around him. Yeah, tell him his mama's next. <laughs> Take his socks. <laughs> Get his shoes. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> uh, oh, that's oh, that Patrice O'Neill, isn't it? Yeah, he's like, we used yeah. to paralyze motherfuckers and be like, get his, get his socks. And then we'd tie him to our helmet for the next team. They'd be like, oh, that's, that's the motherfuckers to be putting paralyzed motherfuckers' socks on their helmet. We don't yeah. want to play them. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, you know, but, and yeah, is it, is it, is there a voyeuristic fucking aspect to it? Of course there is. But it's amazing that when we watch the news, most people fucking won't, won't shit on people for their voyeuristic fucking, you know, tendencies when they're watching the news because it's information being spread. But if you watch sports, it's, uh, you just want to see gratuitous violence. Really? I've never seen more violence on a football field than I've seen in a Saw movie. Sorry. I, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino isn't running the NFL. All right. I don't know where the fuck you think all this violence is. And even when they do fight, they're idiots for throwing fucking haymakers at each other with them goddamn helmets on. I mean, it's not like it's a fucking hockey helmet. Those are full-face fucking mask helmets. What the fuck do you think you're going to do? Break your hand, stupid? That's about all you're going to do. I mean, even when Sue stomps on somebody, they acted like, you know, he literally, like, went over, face-fucked the queen and wiped his ass on the fucking flat, you know, the, the Union Jack on the way back to America. And it's like, dude, that, that shit happens all the time in football. Earl, how much nasty shit happens at the bottom of a pile in, in high school football? All of it. Thank you. I played friendly fucking games, and there's some eye gouging and ball grabbing going on at the bottom of a pile. And that was with my friends. You know what? I'm still mad that he went to Miami, but I'm still going to defend that shit. Look at the man's fucking leg. Either that or get your ass stomped on. Pick one. I, 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 five years later? <laughs> it's 
But you know what, Chris, it is, it is kind of the truth, man. When you're in the middle of the, when you're in the heat of playing the game and someone's doing something that's fucking with you, you don't stop and think about what you're doing. I mean, I, we're, we're playing roller hockey. Just drop in roller hockey. And I checked the kid, and he fucking hit the, hit the ground. And he started grabbing my fucking skate, trying to hold me up. And I turned around and stomped on his fucking uh, his arm with my fucking skate. <laughs> so I can't really hey, say no, I remember seeing that and going, hey, man, uh, yeah, I should have fucking let go of him. Trust me, I'm with you guys. But, you know, I also thought it was dumb that I was like, oh, man. You know they're going to run that back through fucking replay. They're going to find your ass. But, Big time. And, of course, they did. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And, I mean, I think you can even make the argument that uh, once he got out of Detroit, it, 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 it just, it, his fucking mystique disappeared. He was. It did, when, didn't it? When he was in Detroit and they were the number one defense, you know, okay, Ray Lewis and Warren Sapp said something one time that I agree with. When you have a number one offense, what are the words they use to describe them? You know, graceful, they execute, you know, they, they, they have a perfect game plan, et cetera, et cetera. When you got a number one defense, most of the time they're described as dirty, mean, mean, exactly. And when Sue left Detroit and he went to Miami, all that mystique went away because he's no longer the ringleader of a mean-ass defense that no one wanted to fucking see. But they, they had a hard time admitting it because it was the Detroit Lions for a change. I mean, no one wants to admit they're afraid of any other fu- you know, any team or their defense in football. But no one really wants to come out and be like, oh, shit, we got to play the Lions? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was watching Necessary Roughness uh, about two days ago, laughing my ass off. Because that, that backup quarterback came in, I was like, that's how that motherfucker quarterbacks looked in our front four when <laughs> Sue and them were there. Because you just look across the line and you're like, fuck! <laughs> Alright, you two double-team Sue. Well, what, what about Fairley? Fuck! Alright, you two double-team Fairley. Well, what about Kyle? No! God, stop it! I'm that not felt so good as a Lions fan to have that that year. Because it's like one thing we'd never had our entire lives. Yeah, we'd had a we did a decent quarterback here and there. You know, we had Barry, we had a few good wide receivers, but we'd never had a good defense in the time I have been uh, in taking oxygen on this planet. And that just felt good to know to have. And I was pissed when they dismantled it. Quarterback running behind the ref. Blow the whistle! Blow the whistle! <laughs> now, Chris, now you know how I felt when Tampa Bay started dismantling their fucking defense. I was like, oh. No. Uh, uh, wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. Now I'm going to give credit where credit's due. The Tampa defense. Good God, man. Oh. Well, that's all they were. I that's mean, dude, all they, they needed to be, Rich. There was, you couldn't do a fucking thing against that defense. You couldn't run. You damn sure couldn't run because you couldn't get past Warren Sapp. And we talked about this. If you did, you hit Brooks. If you got past him, you got John Lynch, and you're all done. You can't throw because you got Rondé Barber out there in the corner. You're fucked. You can't do a thing against them. That was that was the day. I thought we were talking about NASCAR and it devolved in the NFL. That's because, <laughs> goddamn it! When's the first episode of fucking uh, 
Hard knocks, come on. Now we got some actual NFL shit to talk about. I don't even care. I've already just resigned myself that the curse is going to carry over and Tampa's going to suck this year because they're on fucking hard knocks. So I might as well enjoy the ride at this point. Yeah, enjoy the raised profile of your fucking ears. Yeah, I know, right? Watch Muscle Hamster injure himself fucking playing Dance Dance Revolution or some shit. And we got here because that's all we need to say about NASCAR, Chris. It's just be it's just as pussy as the rest of these fucking sports. Hey, either of you guys <coughs> see Michael Phelps lose to the Shark? And Richie, we're right. It was to kick off Shark Week. I, you know, I knew Shark Week was starting sometime around here this time. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't see him lose against the Shark, but really? Well, for starters, it wasn't in the same pool. The Shark went first, or it was one of them. It, they did it separately, and. The shark beat him by two seconds. Okay, and not for nothing. It? That's still pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, that's just so it's yeah, not like but, a blowout. <laughs> well, who I know swimming want? two seconds is a lot according to things I was reading. But who did they? Who did? Who? What other Olympian did they want to like race a cheetah or some shit? Was it uh, Usain Bolt? Usain Bolt. Yep. That sounds about right. It's like, like I get it, you know, but that's men know. trying to be. Better, the best thing in the world. That's all that is. Napoleon, I'm telling you. I think any man trying to beat any animal is going to lose. Like, You think he could beat a squirrel in a race? Fuck no. Squirrel! I bet you beat you. I, <laughs> a turtle would beat my fat ass. Um, my, <laughs> that's like the world's strongest man can outlift the elephant. Stop it. I agree with Joe Rogan when it comes to this shit. Like the fact that we have opposable thumbs and firearms and the ability to outthink most animals is the only reason we are where we are on the food chain. Yeah. Because if we were stripped thumbs down and the ability to reason, we win. Yeah. If we were stripped down, butt booty naked and thrown in the fucking wilderness, we would be some animal's dinner. That's yep. all there is to it. I mean, hell it, no, I would turn into Tarzan. Fuck y'all. Motherfucker, what branch is thick enough to hold up your big ass? That's what I want to know. What are you swinging from, a redwood trunk? I mean, seriously, come on, man. Sequoia, here I come. Motherfucker, find a, the oldest tree in the world, grab a branch, and watch that motherfucker bend in half. I don't know, at the top of that tree is touching the ground. Why is that? Because you see that big Shrek-looking motherfucker hanging from it? That's the reason right there. Oh, okay, I, I didn't see him. You'd be, you'd be the world's only uh, jock fucking environmentalist. <laughs> hey, too, and if you think about the, the hubris behind this, the, the, the shark, the, the water is its home. You're tossing a human into where the, the shark resides and going, hey, beat him. See, yeah, and the, no. Bill, the, the Bill Hicks in me is like, if you really want to see a true race between him and the shark... Put him in the same pool in the same lane. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm Matt Phelps. <laughs> and tie some chum around his ankles. We're going to see how fast he can really swim. Fuck That'd be like a Tyson record. fight. That show would be over in like three seconds. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Either that's that or it's going to be a Jesus move. He gets up, starts walking on the fucking water. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Doing that, uh, with that motherfucker. You'd see him on the water and you'd hear the Scooby Doo bongo running effect. And just take off. Wasn't there a Richard Pryor movie where he ran on top of some water or some shit? Yes, the toy. 
he, he, yeah. He, he, the, 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 the kid, he's, he's uh, uh, I, whatever, mentoring, whatever he was supposed to be doing. I mean, I know that he bought him as his toy, but eventually they became friends. He's like, they're piranha in that water. And Rich Pryor, there is no piranha in this water. Oh, oh, oh shit, what was that? <laughs> he just gets up and runs across the water. <laughs> Phelps doing that move. Oh, God. Yeah, that was... Uh, and the, head, the headline reads, Michael Phelps transforms to Usain Bolt. <laughs> no, the headline would read, all-time U.S. Olympic gold medal winner Michael Phelps was killed today. <laughs> That's what the headline would read. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We <laughs> became lunch for a shark. And, and, and speculation is he had a lot of THC in his system because the shark's been swimming in circles listening to Pink Floyd ever since he ate him. So. Yeah. <laughs> The shark has somehow requested uh, burritos. <laughs> and Funyuns. <laughs> Drop fish tacos into the pool. No, man, this, it, you know, when I heard he was going to do it, the first thing I thought of is like, okay, this is, this is, this is like the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight, but with an animal. This is just spectacle <laughs> at this point, Did man. they have a press conference where they're talking shit? The shark was like, <laughs> fuck you. Hey, you ain't Did shit. you just compare Floyd yeah. Mayweather to a great white shark? Now, why the fuck do you assume uh, that I have compared the black guy to the great white shark? Well, you didn't compare the black man to the white man, did you? <laughs> well, I'm just hey, saying. Great white sharks be undefeated like Mayweather. Great white say, hype. I hear it. What? <laughs> I can see Michael Phelps talking shit like, you know how many times a day I watch Jaws? Yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus took your ass out. Roy Schreider, bitch. <laughs> you ain't shit. I watch open water and laugh at that shit. That shit's a comedy, yo. <laughs> the, the minnow won't be lost. The minnow won't be lost. <laughs> I go to I go to Universal Studios and laugh when you pop out the water. <laughs> Just talking all types of shit. <laughs> I went to Universal Studios, took a piss on that shark. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to pop up, not piss on him each time. <laughs> I, I see the I see the great whites dancing over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that fucking debacle, uh, there's there's some. Uh, it's just once again interesting, like interesting in, in a car wreck. The what was it? Draymond? Oh, not Draymond Green. Who was who was who's who's from Golden State talking shit to McGregor? Draymond Green. It was Draymond Green. Take that jersey off. We ain't with you. We with Floyd. And he's like, "It ain't you, homeboy." And it was the dude who ended up, who fucked Floyd Mayweather's wife. And he was wearing that guy's jersey. That's what the name Jeez. on the back was. I'm just like, damn, dude. It's this. This shit has just gotten out of control. I. I guarantee you, I guarantee you it's scripted at this point, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, call me racist, whatever. I don't believe Floyd Mayweather can come up with fucking half the shit that fucking he's come up with on his own. And I really don't believe Conor McGregor could either. I'm sorry. I just don't believe he's that good of a shit talker. I don't believe, I believe someone in his crew handed him that jersey and he's like, what the fuck is this thing? It's a basketball jersey. What the fuck is basketball? He's like, I'm, I'm from Ireland. We don't play that shit. We play soccer. We beat the shit out of each other and get drunk. Those are the three sports we got. 
Like, put it on. It's the guy who fucked Mayweather's fucking ex-wife. Oh, okay, all right. Because he took the fucking jersey in. That's how you know he don't know what the fuck he's doing. You don't tuck a jersey in. <laughs> Seriously. Ever. Like, that is... It, you know, are a we, baseball player taking the field. If Okay, if a team is paying you to be in uniform and you have pants that match your jersey, then you tuck the jersey in. Okay, that's it. That, that goes, we need to start, like, a fucking, like, a, uh, not a, a tally board of like you know sports sins fans that wear jerseys do not tuck them in like just don't do that but yeah that, god and then apparently they because I, I i morbid curiosity during the show I, I i checked out an article of their back and forth and let's just say draymond green it's a good thing he can play basketball because he wasn't going to make it as a stand-up comic dealing with hecklers. Like his comebacks are pretty fucking pretty lame, at least in my book. With regards to uh, uh, what's his nuts, the guy that was swimming, what's his name? Phelps, Michael Phelps. Yeah, that's him. You know he was stoned. Because somebody came to him and was like, dude, you want to race a shark? He was like, hell yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm faster than a shark. I think it's called blood doping against a shark. Thinking. Yeah, you notice it was only after dabs come out did he agree to race a shark. <laughs> like seriously, even even gravity, even a gravity bong one going to get him high enough to be like, yeah, I'll do. I'll race a shark. This seems fucking like a good idea. They didn't even tell him it was in a different tank. They were just like, you're going to race a shark. <laughs> he probably should. Probably showed up. <laughs> well, right now, <laughs> he probably showed up. Fucking. Bong in one hand, fucking bag of Doritos in the other. Like, wait a minute, we're not going to be in the pool at the same time. Oh, okay, oh, man, that's some bullshit. <laughs> I am already starting to feel much better about this race. Because <laughs> <laughs> my I, dolphin know, kick was off the chain. <laughs> I I know it's I know it's an it's an old fucking storyline, but the fact that Michael Phelps smokes weed. Dude, with his lung capacity, can you imagine the fucking rips he can get? I mean, seriously, dude. Like, <laughs> you're not jealous of the medals, the the fame, the fortune. The, no, you're jealous of the lung capacity because he, he cleared six footer in one hit. <laughs> dude, he cleared tw- he cleared two story bong. I guarantee. You. Yeah, and I'm not jealous. No, I, hey, I'd like all the money and the fame, but. I, as ugly as I am, he's a doofus-looking motherfucker. I don't, as long as I can still look like me and have his money and fame, I'm fine. If I got to look like that doofy motherfucker, fuck that. Seriously, that dude looks like a white Urkel, stretched out just to be a little bit taller. It's, he's a goofy bastard. Yeah, but don't the goofy-looking guys usually also end up being hung like a horse? Literally. My experience <laughs> with some of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Something you'd like to share with Wait, the class? Wow! <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, I, I heard that. That's I not, heard it. That's not Chris on the microphone. <laughs> I heard that. So you, you just cleared a three footer, right? Yeah, that's why you're not thinking straight. <laughs> Trying to help you dig your way out this hole, man. He was no. hacked. I'm telling you, that's not Chris on the microphone. Yeah, I was hacked. Someone broke in here. Chris is going to hack my voice box. We're gonna have to release a statement through Christopher Media, like uh, that is not my dick in that picture, <laughs> and that wasn't me that talked about my experience with my friends' dicks, the goofy looking ones. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but still, man, Jesus Christ! If he wasn't Michael Phelps, I don't care if he was hung like a horse, he wasn't gonna fucking get a chance to show it to anybody but the fat chick at two o'clock when the fucking bar lights come up. 
Hey, someone's got a fucker. Seriously, he if you look at him and he was not Michael Phelps, the Olympic athlete, gold medal winner, he looks like the type of, of goofy looking dude you'd see wearing like a camouflage hat kicked back on his head with a tuft of hair coming out the front, fucking some fat missing tooth bitch with three fucking kids from five different men living down river. Jeez. Seriously, <laughs> dude. Rich just going way the fuck out there. Get all descriptive. Shade officially thrown at Michael Phelps. And he can't beat a shark. <laughs> no, I mean more power to him, man. No, hey, no hate. Do your thing, bro. I mean, he's. I don't. I don't know his team photo, but it damn sure. Even with the money and the fame and the medals, it ain't fucking Derek Jeter esque. I guarantee hey, that. You know what, though. All jokes aside, two seconds. Uh, that's not a lot of time. I mean, obviously in the swim world it might be, but to me, no, nah, no. Nah. Because two seconds, I'm looking at it as if I raced the shark, you guys would already, the race would have been over, the sports would have already reported it, you guys would have done the show, and I would just now be finishing. We would be introducing our new co-host, Mikey B, on a permanent basis. (laughs) 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 Well, I guess we're ramping up the WWE talk. (laughs) Earl ain't coming back. The shark somehow got into the pool with Earl. We don't know how. The, the only way Earl's coming back is if that shark has indigestion. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> With diarrhea. Upset stomach diarrhea. Get some Pepto-Bismol for the shark, will you? Christ. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, this is... See, but once again, it goes back to, like, gladiator days when it wasn't enough to see humans kill other humans What they start doing. Throwing lions and shit out there and here, here fight this thing. <laughs> Like, we're, we are honestly probably about 20 years away from, like, a pay-per-view former athlete who's fallen on hard times fighting an animal for his life. And here's the <laughs> Now bitch. that, I will watch. <laughs> I was going to say, here's the bitch of it. It probably going to be a better fight than the McGregor-Mayweather one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Floyd, Murray, Floyd Mayweather fights a kangaroo. You. Dude, I would watch Russell Crowe fight a kangaroo right now. Seriously, I'd pay to watch that. Because I, I, I just audience, if you're listening, you, if you can make it happen, you heard it here. In my heart of hearts, I know that they, if if that dude gets drunk and beats up uh, uh, hotel employees with phones, that he's gotten drunk when he lived in Australia and fought a kangaroo once. I know he has. Shit. Rich, <laughs> yeah. now order it now and reserve your spot. Michael Vick finally faces the pit bull face to face. There you go. Oh, Jesus. Think of the gate the receipts. The gets from, a haircut. <laughs> think of the gate receipts just from the PETA folks alone. <laughs> uh, dude, in that fight, I would. we'd have to find a way to make me the uh, uh, Don King of that fight. <laughs> like, let me be the fight promoter for that. Like, I would... Because you know the promoter gets most of the money in the end, anyways. You know, if you got if you want to be the Don King of that fight, you got to cut your hair. That's just all that is. Actually, I got to let it grow out. I get pretty good white boy fro going, but I'm gonna need some product to get it stand on end like that. <laughs> oh shit! All right, I think we've strayed far off the fucking sports path. Right now, we're just riffing on goofing and 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 playing the dozens with different people that are. In the sports world at this point. <laughs> okay, there's, but there's a couple more things we ever, can talk did about. You ever, did you guys ever talk about Ryan Lockie? Who, uh, Swim Shady? Yeah. No. I mean, when, when it what, happened. Like the shit from the Olympics last year? 
Yeah. Dude, yeah, last year we probably talked about it. <laughs> no, because I was thinking, if Phelps can almost outswim a shark, can Ryan Lockie almost outrun the police? I don't know. It's crazy. No. You proved it last year, man. You'd call them. Yeah, he couldn't. He could not run the guy in the bathroom to get away before <laughs> they called the cops. He couldn't either. Oh, but a couple more things we could hit on uh, before we call it. Um, any surprise, J- Uncle Jerry back in Elliot? Uh, Ezekiel Elliot? I mean, it's his employee. He well, says that nothing was found in the NFL report. No, what did you want him to do? Come out and go, yeah, the black motherfucker did it, and he's going to get penalized for it. I'm thinking to kick him off the team. What did you want him to say? I was just asking if we were surprised, because I'm not. Not even a little bit. <laughs> no. I'm surprised that he claims he didn't know shit about the incident with the DJ until he was asked about it. Because for everything that Uncle Jerry's ever struck me as, playing that dumb has never been like something that I've thought that he would do. Because <clears throat> that's playing real dumb. I mean, that is like, you live with, you know, what was, well, who was the fucking athlete who, who lost his legs and then shot his girlfriend and then fucking tried to say that he didn't know he shot her or some shit like that. And it's like, motherfucker, you, you fired a gun five times at the bitch. How the fuck? And you saw her hit the ground. How the fuck did you think that she didn't hit her? Like, dude, you're Jerry Jones. You know everything that goes on in that fucking organization. I guarantee you if a fucking ball boy fucking takes a football home, he knows it before the guy's even off the property. Oh, dude, they called Jerry the second that shit happened. They called Jerry. Probably called Jerry before they called the police. That's what I'm saying. Jerry told him to call the police. (laughs) Hey, man, should have played his song. Uh, Zeke was other highlights included Jerry Jones saying admired the New England Patriots and looks to the franchise that spent the bulk of a season being accused of cheating as role models for how they've annually handled suspensions and injuries. So, okay, not to, not to sound like I'm riding on Jerry Jones' fucking dick or anything, but he looked at them as role models for how they've handled suspension and injuries. Haven't we said that this that that, that team handles their fucking roster better than anybody else in the last 15 years of football. No matter who they lose, they seem to find someone to plug in that, into the system that they have, and they're still contenders every fucking year. I mean, well, I don't get the backhanded fucking insult towards them, you know, be, because he admires them for how they've handled that. What are you supposed to do? If you get a player suspended or injured, you're supposed to throw the towel in the season and say, fuck it? I, I don't know about Jerry Jones or the New England Patriots, but there's been an awful lot of talk of penis on this podcast, and I'm thinking of putting in for a trade. Just saying. Somewhere where you can be uh, you know, more of a leader? Yes. Somewhere where I could be Hopefully somebody. Robin to our Batman. Where my penis is appreciated, I'm just saying. Man, I don't want this to turn into a pity party for your cock. <laughs> don't worry. You, you, you can have my photo along with your other friends. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, not going to live that one down. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm just saying, you already put a ring on the only person who's legally obligated to give a single fuck about your dick, all right? And we're not, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Look. You're coming from the and and 
to hell with Zeke and the New England Patriots. Greg Hardy, remember him? Where did the Patriots... It's hard to follow the bouncing ball with you sometimes, Iceman, but go ahead. Well, because Rich was reading an article about how he admired the Patriots. Yeah, Jerry Jones said he admired the way they handled suspensions and injuries. And complex sports is apparently taking a passive aggressive swipe at Jerry Jones for saying that. He didn't right. say he oh. he didn't say he admired Charles Manson for the way he handled the, the bitches in the Manson family. <laughs> really he kept said him he, in line. You know, I mean those chicks were committed. That's hey, that's true. He told them go do something, they did it. But I mean he he did not want for a sandwich, I guarantee that. Um but no, I mean, I, who the fuck wouldn't admire the way that they've handled suspensions, injuries, and losses of players due to free agency or retirement? That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's one of the things we all three have said since we've all three been on this podcast that, that New England does well is handle how their roster is. Yeah, that was one of the very first questions I ever answered when I first joined the podcast. Was it Brady or the system? It's the system. Exactly. You took... You know, you took Brady out for the first four starts, still won. Fucking t- took uh, Gronk out, still won. Changed the defense completely, won. Took all of his draft picks, still won. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely his system. But, yeah, anyways, what were you saying, nice man? It, no, it, do you remember Greg Hardy? Yeah. Way worse than anything yeah. Ezekiel Elliott could have ever done to this DJ. And Jerry still de- defended him. Yeah. Yeah, but when he didn't produce, he's not wearing. Is he wearing a Cowboys jersey this year? No. Yeah, exactly. He didn't produce, so later, motherfucker. That's, Thanks for the negative press, but you didn't well, help, so later. My, well, my point is, is he still defended, you know, Hardy? Why in the hell would he not defend Elliot over something minuscule as a fight at a bar or a nightclub? Well, exactly, and that's that's where I'm going back to the days of. Uh, um, oh shit! Who is the fuck? God damn it! I, you think I'm the one who fucking smoked weed today? Who's the fucking co- who's the coach that came to fucking the Cowboys from Miami? Jimmy Jimmy Johnson. When Jimmy Johnson said, "Of course I treat my star players different than the fucking you know the guys that that you know are third down specialists or ride the bench most of the fucking time." Of course I do. Well, that type of attitude comes from the top down. I mean, so. Just like Chris pointed out, Jerry Jones, hey, if you're producing, yeah, he'll go to the fucking mat for you. If you're not, get the fuck on, dude. I mean, that's, and that's not limited to him. Maybe he just doesn't hide it as well as other fucking franchises do and owners do. I mean, if we really want to talk about that, look at, we don't have to go any farther except for our hometown. How many fucking second chances did Bob Probert get from the Detroit Red Wings? A few. I mean, that motherfucker... He went to prison for smuggling drugs across the border, the Canadian border. He fucking multiple trips to rehab, multiple fucking incidences and fights in bars, multiple incidences of being picked up driving drunk or on suspicion of. I mean, it took him damn near a decade to finally go, we're fucking tired of this later. You know, and he's my favorite hockey player of all time, but. To be brutally honest, he wasn't a fucking Iserman, rare air type player. Yeah, but Rich, was it that they got tired of his antics and his attitude? Or was it that he just got too old to do what they needed him to do 
and the game had started to evolve to where they really didn't need a Bob Probert or a Joey Kosher. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah, I was going to say low column A, low column B. But they got rid of Kosher. They got rid of Kosher before they got rid of Probert. And who did they end up bringing back? And who did they win their first cup in 40-some years with? Kosher. I mean, that's that tells me volumes right there. Now, Kosher was never the fuck. He never put the numbers up Probert did. Probert, people forget this. He had a fucking, he was an all-star one year. He was out there throwing body checks in the fucking all-star game like it was a regular game to the point where Gretzky had to say, hey, this is an all-star game. Chill out. I mean, so what I'm getting at is that beloved players, top top rare air players, are always going to get a different set of standards. Well, not always. Lion's share of the time are going to get a, a different set of st- be held to a different set of standards than your average. I mean, I, anyone who took it would take you know issue or exception to what I said. I would ha- I would shake my head and, and look at him and go, "What are you fucking retarded?" Because I don't see how that's what do you, what is your beef with what I just said? I don't get it. There's a people riding the bench all the time. That's what it's. Now, is it fair? No. And there are and there are there are coaches in sports history that have been like, I don't give a fuck if you're Babe Ruth, and I don't give a fuck if you're Mike Heath. You're all going to get treated the exact same fucking way. Well, because it's pertinent to this conversation, Rich, uh, O.J. Simpson just got paroled after nine years of serving a 33-year sentence. And the one thing that they said when they voted to give him a parole was it was his first time and he doesn't have, uh, you know, any past discretions. I, I was I was dumbfounded when I looked at the TV. I'm like, was he, was he convicted of a crime? Was he convicted of a crime? Yes no, or no? he wasn't convicted of a crime. Then he, as far as the parole board legally is concerned, he's a first-time offender. That's all they can go on. They can't go on crimes that he was charged with and, and acquitted of. Uh, well, I mean, that, I guess they, well, they, that, they, I that, guess they could, well, but they'd be appealed. That being said... It didn't have. They didn't have to say it in his parole hearing. Well, this is starting to tread over in the water that we covered on unregimented. So I'll try to paraphrase what what Aaron said. The problem is, is that for what happened, if he wasn't O.J. Simpson, he'd have never got thirty three years. In fact, he'd have never did nine years total. They charged him with every single thing they could, and they gave him the maximum sentence they could. And anybody who's honest with themselves knows that was payback for him quote unquote getting off in 95 and i i make no bones about it i don't i don't apologize for it he killed them two people whereas and, i agree i don't agree with that he would uh average run-of-the-mill citizen wouldn't have got the same well yeah the other thing is is yeah if he was just you know what did uh chris it's chris rock if he drove a bus in 1995, he'd have been a rental, the bus-driving murderer. Yep. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have got off. He wouldn't have been out to, to do that shit. But, I mean, dude, someone steals your personal property, you fucking, you know, mount up with a couple fucking real thugs, go in there, demand your shit back, and say in the process, no one's leaving until I get my shit, and they charge you with fucking kidnapping, a federal offense. I mean, that's stretching the definition of kidnapping to, to so thin you could fucking... Read a book through it, dude. At the same time, I'm just going to respect. Isn't that Ron Goldman shit, though? I, I just disagree with you because that's the definition of kidnapping: holding somebody against their will. 
And that's that's what he did at gunpoint. If that's the case, then every relationship I've been in, every woman I've been with, has kidnapped me at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've been like, bitch, I just want to go. No, we got to talk about it now. Oh, fuck. I mean... But all jokes aside, though, Rich, he did this at gunpoint. You're going nowhere until I get my shit back. He never had a gun. He did. No, his boys had a gun. Same thing. Guilty by association. Well, I mean... If you and I walk into a bank and I say, everybody empty your purse and give me all the money, and you're holding the gun, I'm getting charged with armed robbery, Rich. Okay, well, let the first one of us who passed the bar in any of the 50 states sit here and debate the finer points of the law. Your point still stands, regardless of whether we agree on the finer points of the, of, of the charges that he was convicted of in his sentencing. All right. And once again, it's a different world for people with money and celebrity when it comes to the, to, to cut the consequences of their actions. I mean... Bottom line, I don't know many jobs outside of minimum wage, drop the fries, would you like fucking to to supersize that type jobs, where you could have a domestic violence investigation hanging over your head and an assault case pending and still go to work and your boss sing your praises. Most places would just cut their fucking losses and send you on their way. I mean, is that even is that even debatable? Not even close. You know, and no, yeah. Sir. The, ever since, ever since Uncle Jerry bought the fucking Cowboys, yeah, he's he bought it for a fucking song, and he's turned it into the most valuable franchise in America, and one of the most valuable franchises in the world. But at what cost? Because it's always been a cluster fucking Dallas. I mean, there was entire Drew and Mike for listeners outside of the Detroit area. That was a long running morning show here in Detroit. But there was like years worth of fucking material they had just goofing on Dallas and all the bullshit that those players would get themselves into. And the rule has always, at least it's appeared this way to an outsider, someone who's never worked for Jerry Jones. I'm sorry, go ahead. That is consent. Yeah. (laughs) She was cold at first, but she warmed up later. Yeah. (laughs) But... I mean, you know, <laughs> now you got me wanting to hear that fucking skit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, the, the rule has always appeared to be to, to me as a fan who has never worked in that, in that franchise, as long as you produce, Jerry Jones is going to do his best to make sure that you don't fucking land or that, that you're cushioned when you land. I mean, unless your name's Tony Romo. <laughs> well, you can't help someone made out of hey. glass. Yeah, it's not his fault. The man's collarbone can't stay healthy. I mean, we we had that problem up here. What was what was his name? Wide receiver. Oh, I was to say Javid Best. Oh well, yeah. There, there's another one. It was Marshmallow Head? He has on concussion protocol every week. Got paid to stay on concussion protocol. Hey, Stafford, his first couple of years was getting the glass. Because what he he didn't play a full season until his third season, correct? Well, yeah, but this guy was running and then tripped and fell on the football and hurt his shoulder. Yeah, but Stafford, I, I, I even said this about Stafford, not even being a Lions or a Stafford fan. I thought that was kind of unfounded for him to take the shit he, he did take because at one point he had a dislocated shoulder, got up off the ground, ran a no-huddle offense, and came back and beat the fucking Browns. Yes, it's just the Browns, 
But I mean, dude, he could have he could, with a dislocated shoulder, he could have fucking easily ran off the fucking field, and no one would have fucking gave him shit for it except for all his haters. I mean, that's dude couldn't even. I mean, he literally was sitting there fucking at the line holding his arm to his body because if he didn't, the fucking thing was gonna flop around like Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon two and shit. So I mean, uh, you know, glass, eh, maybe. Tough motherfucker? Definitely. That's how I've always viewed him, at least. Which is goofy, because he looks like he's about 12 years old when he's clean-shaven with that big-ass fucking baby face. So, If I saw Matt Stafford at a bar, besides his size, I would not think he was a tough guy. Yeah, for sure. He sounds and he talks like butthead. <laughs> Which is actually kind of endearing. Because <laughs> it's like, well, he knows he's a dumb jock. Well, he is from Texas, so we're beasting butthead. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that what Pizza Hut commercially did, it didn't really help much, or was it Pepsi? or Anybody wants some pizza? You know, that just that didn't help very much. But, hey, I'm sure that check cashed and helped buy something for him, So or his wife. Yeah. We know who's running that relationship here in Detroit, which is oh, just, yeah. just to put that out there. Any. If Stafford does not resign in Detroit and ultimately goes to another team, enjoy his wife and his wife's fucking social media account. That's all I'm going to say. Because, yeah, I don't think he's picked out a pair of pants since the day he laid eyes on that bitch. Okay, while we're talking about the Lions, Iceman, didn't you say Barry got a gig with the Lions? What do they do? Is this a a ceremonial? (laughs) Yes, it's purely ceremonial. Is this Barry needs cash till his pension shows up? So this will cover the the gap? is this one of those things that he's going to take the rookies around to all the best strip clubs in Detroit? <laughs> no. Th- this is uh, the Detroit Lions trying to save face over the Calvin Johnson incident. It, he's purely going to, to, like, red carpet and tape cutting and all that shit. So they're trying to prove that they're a player-friendly franchise? To their... Yeah, to their own hometown players, yes. By going to a player who hasn't played for him in almost two decades. But a beloved yeah, player. giving Barry like a job to win him a Super Bowl. Well, no, what I'm getting at is that wouldn't it make more sense to reach out to Johnson? No, because yeah, Johnson wants nothing training to camp, do with him. Remember? Oh, they did invite him to training camp, didn't they? I forgot about that. And he was doing OTAs out there in Oakland, wasn't he? Yep. Yep. That's just because he wanted some of Beast Mode Skittles, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely, because I was thinking about going to Vegas just to get me some Skittles. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Beast Mode said he's just going to run them out. He's going to run out Oakland, and then that's it. I, I Well, I mean, this might be opening up another can of worms, but I, I kind of wonder if he's going to even last until they fucking the season before they leave for Oakland. That's just me. I mean, uh, yeah, he's young as far as a human being goes, not as far as a fucking football player, especially a running back goes. Yeah, he's getting into senior territory, AARP territory for running I mean, backs, especially I mean, by the time they're done in Oakland. Even Jerome Bettis, by the, his last two seasons, was more of a... I don't want to say a figurehead on that team because he did actually, you know, he actually produced a little bit, but nothing compared to his numbers that he had produced previously. He was more of a rallying point for that team, I guess would be the right way to say it. 
especially the, the year they won the Super Bowl. I don't know. Jerome Bettis says last year kind of reminds me of the juggernaut from the X-Men. Once he got ahead of steam and started going, it uh, stopping him was going to be a hard thing to do. Well, I mean, isn't it just where physics comes into play? Because the man is large. Yep. He's, that's a huge motherfucker. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't he think probably he'd... fall forward and get an extra yard. He'd probably fall forward yeah. and get an extra first down. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, and not he, and even when he was younger, I don't. He wasn't exactly felt. I mean, I don't think that man has pushed away from a table and left food on his plate very often. Well, he was called yeah. the bus, so yeah. I, we're not talking like Eddie Lacy huge. Like stop going to Golden Corral huge. <laughs> they must have. They must have built a Golden Corral near Eddie Lacy's house. Well, I mean, he could legit say a chocolate that, fountain every day, buddy. You could legit say that if he did not, if he did not have the coaches and the teams that he did have coming up, he could have easily ended up being a fullback. He's a. To me, I think running back. I think either guys, you know, that are shorter and dance around behind the line until they fucking find a hole and hit it or like just just bowling balls you know what i'm saying but i mean he was i, I don't know he looked more like a mike allstott lorenzo neal type size guy than a fucking you know five foot eight 220 pound you know barry sanders type guy but uh, that's just me i don't know oh football it always comes back to football. God damn, it needs to hurry up. Well, all over, the training camps are in. A little bit over a month, man. September 7th, oh. the season opens. I mean, that's a, it's bittersweet about football season because summer's over, but god damn, uh, football uh, season. As a motherfucker with no air conditioning, I'm ready for summer to be over. As <laughs> a motherfucker with air conditioning, I'm ready for summer to be over. Yeah, I mowed the lawn yesterday. I came in, it looked like a fucking had a bucket of water dumped over my head just nothing but sweat so yeah football season you bring your weather with it too <laughs> we talked about everything we wanted to talk about guys anyone got anything else uh i i do want to say why can't anybody beat dodgers well clinton kershaw just got injured but Let's talk. Let's uh, have that talk in two weeks. Okay, so he got injured. That's one guy. Well, how, they're like thirty-three yeah, but, and six, bro. Yeah, but he has been strong this year. It's been good back and it's been back and forth between him and Scherzer between who's the best pitcher in the league this year. Oh, I, I totally agree. But again, one guy, thirty-three and six. He's not pitching all of those that's, games. That's true. But it ain't gonna hurt him, or blah, it ain't gonna help him. Right, but it ain't going to tank him either. It's it's not like he's Michael Jordan and, and now they're fucked. It could be the beginning of the end. We don't know. This could be the start of the unraveling for the Dodgers. How big of a lead do they have in their division? I don't, they got the best record in baseball, I believe. Last yeah, week they did. Enough. <laughs> if, they if they choke that lead away, dude, holy shit. As much as we've not talked baseball this year, this year is going to go down as, as historic if they choke that fucking lead away and miss the playoffs. Yeah, they're up ten and a half on the Rockies. But the Rockies, oh, I mean, it's, the Rockies are 580. The Diamondbacks are 571. Well, what I was going to ask is uh, uh, how, 
how far up on the, were the Mets when they choked away their fucking first place uh, spot a couple years ago? Actually, wasn't that 2009? <laughs> I think, uh, hold on. Mets. Okay, more, more than a couple years ago. <laughs> historic. It just feels that way. Mets historic collapse. Oh, wow. You want to feel older? <laughs> it was 2007. Oh, Jesus. It's been a decade. Fuck. Yes. Uh, the, the 2000 Mets collapse is one of the worst in baseball history, mirroring the fold of 1964. The Phillies lost a six-and-a-half game lead in the last 12 games. In the 10-game sequence of September 16th to the 25th, the Mets lost six games. Uh, let's finish reading that. Uh, they had a seven-game division lead on September 12th, and they lost 12 of their last 17 games and missed the playoffs. Uh, God damn. Must have been a lot of suicides in Queens that year. Yeah, check the domestic violence rates. Yeah. Wives in Jersey just getting beat up. A lot of death threats to the Mets. <laughs> yeah, but they're used to that because, well, they're the Mets. So Yeah, it's like us here in Detroit with the Lions. Hey, you went three and uh, thirteen. Yep, so we do. You know, I hope your fantasy plays out, Iceman, Mister Fourteen and Two. Still blown away by that. Well, dude, like I said before, last week, and in the chat, and I'll say it again, it is a fantasy. I realistically don't see it happening, but at the same time, this is the season that it should happen. Because I was just watching, like. Uh, like, I think it's uh, You're Dallas. You're this is our year guy. No, 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 no. Like, I think it's Dallas's schedule. Like, the first four games is New England, Broncos, Arizona, and uh, L.A. So you don't, get a, you don't get a break till the fourth week. You have to take fire for the first three weeks. The Lions just don't have that schedule. The biggest people they have to face is the Falcons, which they only face once. Um, Steelers, they only face them once. Green Bay, if they can come back and be a better team, which they do face them twice. But they're not in the season, in the 16-17 week, whatever the fuck it is now, season. The Lions aren't facing any huge main powerhouse teams. The Broncos, the uh, Patriots, Dallas, Seattle. It all all of the the root teams where you're like, fuck, that's a loss. There's maybe one to three teams on their schedule you're like, oh, God be with them. But the rest of the season it's like, come on guys, this is it. You know, last season you're pulling off fourth quarter victories out of your ass. Thank God the ball is already brown. You know, it it got easier for you this season. It, it, you know, this season is that season for Detroit. You know, last season we had to hook our, our hopes on. We have to be uh, Seattle, um, Green Bay, and the Giants. I mean, it, it, that's a hard, harder schedule than what we face now. So just being realistic, it is an easier schedule for the Lions. If there is any season for them to prove that they're for real and want to get something, anything going with this multi-million dollar quarterback, this is it. Man, all right. I had a nerve, man. I got you. You believe. <laughs> it's it's not about belief. or It's just, it is what it is. 
I don't know who did the schedule, but thank you. <laughs> because they are... I am officially out of excuses for the Lions if they fuck this up. Remember that. We got digital proof. Because I mean it. That's how much I mean about this season. If you can't look at that schedule and go, damn, that's pretty, pretty easy schedule... You got some work in that you got to put in a couple of weeks, but mainly it's pretty easy. Though, so, I mean, there there is no more excuses. How how did Apollo Creed say it? There is no tomorrow. It's, I mean, that's it. All right. Well, on that hopeful note, we will wrap it up. Iceman's going on a on a positive, motivating note. You know, so where she go? Because football season's coming. So we're going to keep that positive attitude going. All right. Thanks to everybody who's been listening and downloading uh, every month, bigger than the last. So you're liking it, you're sharing it, you're passing it around the internet. Uh, you can follow us at Sporgy Podcast on Twitter. Uh, email the show Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, at Sporgy underscore podcast on Instagram. That's it. Uh, yeah. So uh, this show was out early, but uh, we'll see you at regular time next week. Uh, hopefully crazy shit doesn't happen in the next nine days but we will see you never know Uh, so thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next week alright later guys peace out y'all if you like this show please tell a friend please follow us on twitter and like and share us on facebook by searching for Christopher Media you can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.